Cruising down the street in my six four. Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, and I'm your host, Peter, straight out of Portland. And this is Devin, straight out of Duval. How you doing today, Devin? I'm chilling, homie. What's up with you? I'm doing good, man. Ready to uh, talk about this movie here. Um, so we are going to be discussing Straight Outta Compton. It's a 2015 uh, biopic uh, of the rap group MWA from the uh, 1980s to early 1990s, uh, directed by F. Gary Gray. Devin, you know uh, this director at all? Nope. Okay. Not a clue. Uh, he, he directed Friday. Oh, word? Mm. Yep. Set it off. Uh, uh, I've seen that movie. The Negotiator. Is that the Samuel Jackson movie? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm on fire! Yeah, you know one. <laughs> um, I know S. Oh, he also did, uh, what, what's that Jamie Foxx one recently? Uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm a huge Jamie Foxx fan. Yeah, so, so those are some of the movies he's done. Uh, it stars O'Shea Jackson, who plays Ice Cube. Corey Hawkins as Dr. Dre, Jason Mitchell as Easy E, Paul Giamatti as Jerry Heller, a um, bunch of other people, but I think that's basically our main group, group of guys mm-hmm. there. But what, you know, okay, so this movie, this is opening weekend, okay, we both just watched it today. Mm. What were you expecting out of this movie going in? Well, I remember when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they're, they're making a movie, a movie about this, that's interesting. So I was, I was already like, I'm going to see it. You know, or I, I risk having my black card revoked. So I had to go see it, obviously, and I was going to probably see it later in the week. But uh, when you said you want to do the podcast, I was like, well, I'll see it opening day. So I was excited for it, and I was hoping that it was going to be good, but I wasn't really expecting a lot. Yeah, for me, you know, when I saw the first trailer, I was pretty excited. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't grow up with MWA. Um, matter of fact, I don't know. I, I can't remember the first time I actually even heard one of their songs. It might have been like in middle school, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm 32. But when I was younger, okay, so they first came around mid-80s, right? 1986-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. You were not even born yet, you right. know, and I was just a few years old. So, you know, at the at the height of their popularity, basically, I was a little kid. You know, right. so, you know, I don't remember much of it being on MTV or anything like that, but my parents are immigrants, you know, in, in this country, and they're, you know, they're not racist, but they're scared of the unknown, you know, and then seeing these, you know, black guys who uh, appear to be promoting violence and all that, they don't, they didn't want mm-hmm. me watching MTV, you know, right. and and on top of that, listening to that type of music, mm-hmm. but... I did have an uncle who was about that life, you know, and you know, <laughs> listened to that type of music. And I do, I do remember the um, the CDs because he well, was it were they tapes or CDs? I forget if they were tapes. It might have been a combination of both. Because they had both, they had both in the movie. Yeah, because I do remember like some. They even of, had uh, records. It looked like there was records, there right. were CDs, there was tapes. I was like, look at all these crazy things. Okay, it it, it was. I'm I'm pretty sure there were CDs, but. I remember like some of the um, the covers, you know, like specifically there was there was one cover and, you know, I don't I don't 
you know, remember the title of this album, but basically there were like body bags on, well, were they body bags? I think they were just like bodies on the ground, you know, chalked out. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and then like the, the, the members of uh, NWA were like spirits floating, you know, or c- oh. c- coming out of those bodies. Or, so I, I kind of remember that and I haven't seen it like probably since then. You know, so that just shows like, yeah, I didn't grow up with this group, but I obviously know who they are and their uh, influences on, you know, hip hop and uh, rap. But I think uh, Easy E was probably the first one that I actually heard, um, you know, any of the songs from, but I think mainly from his solo stuff. Uh, and obviously, okay, so when I did start listening to like gangster rap, uh, it actually started with Bone Thugs. And, you know, one of their tracks for The Love of Money had Easy e on it. So that's when I started kind of um, listening to a little bit more of Easy e and hearing some of his stuff. And obviously around that time, that's when uh, Dre also went solo, you know, as we see in the movie. Uh, mm. And so, like, Ice Cube wasn't even, like, uh, up there for me. And I think I started listening to Ice Cube when he came out with, like, West Side Connection. I don't know if you remember them. Mm, is that what uh what's his name the dog um Matt, is it Nate Dog um uh, I don't remember I don't think well Nate Dog appeared on the album I'm I'm sure but he <coughs> oh. wasn't he wasn't part of the it was like uh, Dub C and Mac Ten so oh, like, the okay. three of them they did bow down you know it was uh I think like, right, the, right. the single off of that album um so that's kind of where I was with them I you know I I knew uh, Ice Cube was with Priority so that was kind of cool to see uh in the movie too that you know he went to go sign with Priority cuz I remember him being on that label but uh that's so I'm like I I'm not even a casual NWA fan you know I I just I just know about them like uh I knew I knew uh DJ Yellow was part of the group uh M- MC Ren I only knew him because he released a uh, a song called I think it was called like Ruthless for Life. And at, again, at that time, I was all about Bone Thugs and Easy E, who was ruthless. So I was like, let me try this MC Ren out. And I'm like, mm, not feeling it. You know, so mm. it was really <clears throat> weird to kind of see uh, him kind of in this movie. They they definitely dropped his name and said, you know, like uh, when Ice Cube left a group, that he kind of became, you know, more of a writer, you know, f- for that group too. But uh, my expectations, you know, I just. Uh, I don't want to say they were high, but I knew it was going to be a good movie. You know, I haven't seen anything that F. Gary Gray, F. Gary Gray uh, directed that I didn't like, right? So mm-hmm. I liked all his movies, so I knew I would at least like it. I just didn't know how much. So I was actually hoping that it would at least be better than 8 Mile and Notorious, which I enjoyed both of those, um, you know, Hustle and Flow. But wh- where do you, where would you rank this, uh, you know, as far as out, like, of the, out of those movies, yeah, about uh, yeah, these movies that are kind of like a biopic. I know Hustle and Flow wasn't really one, but you know, for a movie of this genre, you know, uh, of hip hop, so rap. like Get Rich or Die Trying, Eight Mile, yeah, yeah, Notor- I It's funny. I love all those movies. Um, the only one I really own is uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, but I know Eight Mile like the back of my hand. I've seen it so many times. Uh, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. God, I love I. I Peter, you're dropping. You're coming with the hard questions this early. I wasn't prepared for this. I'm sorry, but um, man, God, that's a hard question. I don't know. It's so it's so hard. They're all good. And They're also good. And you're probably still processing this movie too, right? Right. I mean, we just I love. We just just to get it out of the way. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it far exceeded my expectations. Like 
man, I don't even know. It was, I couldn't even choose between Get Rich or Die Trying, Notorious, uh, Eight Mile, or, or, or this one, Straight Outta Compton. They're all so good. Yeah, I I agree, but um, in in my opinion, I think this is definitely the the best one of that group. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I own the other three that that we uh, we just named. Um, all of those on DVD. When this comes out, I'm getting it on Blu-ray. <laughs> right. I um I liked it so much. I want to watch it again in the theater. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to see it again in theater because I I had to go solo, so this time. So I'm definitely gonna go with somebody to see it again. But yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, let me see. Uh, if aside from this movie, Eight Mile would would have pro- probably been my favorite. Um, mm. and then I would go with Hustle and Flow, Notorious, and then Get Rich or Die Trying. But I mean, th- that's just a ranking. I'm not saying like Get Rich or Die Trying is like the worst, but it's you know th- they're all pretty close. But that's just you know th- my ranking for those movies. But um, I might be prisoner of the moment, but you're right. I might have this one number one, Get Rich or Die Trying, then Eight Mile, then Notorious. Then I put Hustle and Flow last, but yeah, that'd probably be my ranking right now. But I might be prisoner of the moment because I just saw it. So yeah. Um, so this movie is rated R. Uh, I should have done this a little bit earlier, but uh, obviously for language, um, I I wouldn't even really say violence. You know, it's kind of brief. There, there's you know no, nothing really like uh, violent. Really, I mean, there's acts of violence in there, um, and obviously nudity. So definitely don't take the kids. Uh, when I got there, there was like these uh, two girls who were probably late teens, maybe early twenties, and they had like a four year old boy with them. Um, there was actually a little kid in the movie uh, movie that I went to too. Really? So so th- so yeah. somebody got their kid in. So funny enough, these girls somehow. They, oh, okay, they got the tickets obviously because they're at least of age. But then when they got inside to the ticket guy, he wouldn't let them in because of the little boy. And so I was like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And then he had to call like the manager, and I'm just like, "All right, well, my movie about to start." <laughs> so. Right, you're like, hey, bro, I got stuff to do. But I was just like, man, like, really? You're trying to bring a kid to, like, straight out of Compton? I mean, uh, I don't know. But it, it's definitely not uh, not something for kids. Um, like, Phoenix is 15. I'd let him watch it. You know, uh, he, I think it's mainly the language. I mean, like, the nudity, it, it's not that bad. But, I mean, there's a couple, what, at least two different, maybe three scenes. Yeah, there's, like, three scenes uh, where you see some, you know, TNA. So... Rated R definitely it warrants that uh, that rating. You know, uh, it, it is about NWA. Uh, so I don't know. I do you want to give like a star rating or? Uh, well, obviously I said I loved it. I would give it five stars. Uh, it's pro- it's easily a top three movie I've seen this year. Just going off the top of my head, it was great. I loved every minute of it. Um, I was I didn't know really much about the group. Uh, I didn't, as you knew these, all these people, I had no idea who these other ninjas were. Um, like the MC Ren guy and the DJ, is it Yella? Yeah. Uh, DJ Yella was actually part of the, um, world-class wrecking crew with, um, Dr. Dre and that, uh, the, the Lorenzo guy, you know, the really silly guy that owned the club. Right. They were all part of that, that R&B group back in the day. And, um, DJ Yella also like helped produce and stuff, so that's why like you didn't see him rapping because he was also a producer, right? You know, right. That was part of that group. Um, but yeah, MC Ren, I I actually didn't know he was part of NWA. I just thought he was just part of Ruthless. So I kind of learned from this movie, I guess, that he was you know p- part of them too. But um, who was the other the other guy? I'm trying to think of. That um, was that was in the movie. 
I can't, I can't even think right. Me, I, I saw on Wikipedia there's another guy that wasn't in the movie that was in the group, but um, like oh, Pharaoh something. Oh, Arabian Prince. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You there know what? Is. Maybe, okay, I, I guess it was MC Ren that I was, you know, I thought MC Ren was supposed to be somebody else, to be honest. Like, they never really, they, I know they kept on saying him, uh, saying his name, but like he was never on screen when they would talk about him. Um, well, he was, he, from what I remember, he was in there pretty, I mean, he, they, well, this is getting into the movie, but he, I, I feel like he was pretty predominant in the movie. Yeah, yeah, throughout the whole thing. He he was, but I'm only now realizing that he was MC Ren. Like, I kept on hearing the name, but I thought that guy was like a oh, different... Oh, it's just, like, just, just a homeboy? It was just another member that I wasn't familiar with because I know, oh, okay, I, okay. I know they were showing the names, but I think I missed his part, you know, where, where they showed his name. Or maybe I just dismissed it. I don't know. Yeah, it was a uh, part where they were sitting in a in a at that place where with the guy in the R and B group, right? And they say this is. I was like, who is this? I was like, because that was the point. I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> so I was like, okay. I was, you, I guess you know what's funny is like that's kind of a running joke for some of the scenes too. Like Dr. Dre, one scene was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you right, know, uh, right. Okay. Uh, oh, so, we got to talk about that scene oh, in particular because I got I got thoughts. We'll we'll get we'll definitely get into it. Um. So so basically, we're both recommending the movie for sure. Uh, yes. As far as a go star, see it, people go see it. It's it's definitely it's it's worth the hype. Um, and that's another thing uh, of uh, so this movie. I was pretty highly anticipating this movie uh, more so than uh, Ant Man and Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so I was really excited for this movie, and uh, I, I definitely you know what there was an there was an older white couple there, and they were must have been in their like sixties because mm-hmm. like the the husband was like bald. I was like. Are they in the wrong movie? But are you are you saying you judge people, Peter? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying like everybody is watching this movie. I'm, you just, know? I'm joking. That so, actually happened to me too because I'm I'm in line and I'm like yeah one for it and then like this uh older uh Caucasian lady says two okay. for oh, you, you're making me sound racist because I said white. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, you're not racist. You've had three black people over your house. Yeah, but um, four. Oh, okay. See, there you go. So. That that passes the quota. Um, so yeah, I, I had that moment too where I judged. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. So no, I I just thought it was very interesting. And at one point, um, the uh, they both got up, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna leave." And it was like the first. <laughs> you were was... you wait wait wait, Peter? Were you are you saying that you were white people watching? Is that what you were saying you were doing during uh, NWA? There were a few rows in front of me. It was hard to not miss it. You know. They, <laughs> They, 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 they both stood up the, the first time you see, um, you know, like the, the pool scene with a, a bunch of, you know, naked women and, and all these things. I go, oh, they, they can't handle it. But right. they both got up so that way the wife can walk in front of the husband to go to use the restroom. So I was like, oh, they, they go stick it out. So I, I just well, I was, thought it was really interesting because it's like you, you wouldn't think like people in their 60s going, are going to go watch this, you know. So I, I just thought it was really interesting. I, I really wanted to chase after them after the movie to get their thoughts, but I didn't do it. <laughs> hey, excuse me, sir. Can I, can I get your thoughts on this movie? I do a podcast. Yeah. I would like to get your thoughts. <laughs> right, right, right. It's funny, though, because I love white people watching. That's one of my favorite uh, pastimes. I, I didn't know so, that was a thing. Oh, hell yeah. Especially like in uh, racist or like things where like black people are being mistreated and you and you just go like look at uh, white people for their reactions and how nervous they are. And like if they look at you, they're like, oh, my God, he's looking at me. I, I had nothing to do with this, sir. And I'm just, <laughs> it's just funny. Like like J- like Django is one of the best movies of all time for that. Like I saw that movie like three times in theaters and every time it was just I always wanted to see 
where I could see a white person and just see their reactions throughout the movie. I want to say we joked about this one time where I was like, oh, did you did you run out after the end of the movie to to like uh, side eye everybody coming out? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Right, right. You just mm-hmm. you just ju- you just judge white people so <laughs> so harshly, and they they just feel so awful. It's great. It's like 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 they were they were oppressing you the whole time. It's so good. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but we're going to get into, um, this, you know, m- more details of the story. Uh, at this point, I'll go ahead and play a little music clip. And after that, if you have not yet seen the movie, I would advise pausing it. Go watch the movie and come back and resume play. Or if you don't care about spoilers, you can just sit the entire way through. Um, but also, following the discussion of the movie with Devin... I had Chris from the On Deck TV podcast, a.k.a. Uh, Animal Brown. He sent me an audio clip of his top ten hood movies. Okay, um, And so I'll play that at the end of the discussion with Devin. And after that clip is um, basically a part two of this podcast that I had uh, also with Chris where we discussed uh, music. Um, you know, like the music we grew up with, and then we did a segment where we reviewed the um, Straight Outta Compton soundtrack, which is what Detox maybe should have been, um, but basically it's that new Dre album that dropped, you know, that was inspired by the movie, so we did a review of the album, and then after that we also um, talked about, you know, uh, hip-hop movies, rap movies, and hood movies, so all that... I wonder how many of those I've seen. Um, I'd be very interested to find out myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so stay tuned, people. Stay tuned. Yeah, so all of those is part two. Um, and again, there's three different segments in in my discussion with Chris. And uh, if you look in the show notes, I'll have like timestamps. You know, if you want to skip, you know, like straight to the album review or something like that, because it, it, I think it was like a little over an hour long. So uh, I'll leave that up to the listener. But yeah, so now's your chance again if you want to stay away from spoilers to go ahead and uh, and pause this episode. Straight out of Compton, it's a crazy brother named Ice Cube from the stupid dope gang with an attitude. When I'm caught off, I got a sword off. Kick knowledge and bodies are hauled off. You too, boy, if you get with me, the police are gonna have to come and get me off your back. That's how I'm going out for the sucker duck. Okay, and that was your last warning. So if you are still listening, we are now getting into spoiler territory. We're going to discuss uh, the movie, not in depth, but you know, obviously things that uh, kind of piqued our interest in in here, and maybe things that we learned or just uh, had some um, thoughts. But Devin, did you have something that you wanted to just jump right into right away, or? Well, obviously, the, we got to start from the beginning. Okay. Where we start, uh, Easy E, and he's in the dope house, and I'm like, oh my god, we're starting it in Boys in the Hood. It looked just like the whole Boys in the Hood set, right? Like, I mean, like to me, all and then, filmed in Compton, right? Or at least uh, South Central LA, or you know, was it? I don't, I didn't even know. Yeah, um, you know, the funny thing is the the actor who plays Easy E, uh, Jason Mitchell, he's fr- he's from uh, Louisiana, and he's even got that. Um, what what is that uh, accent? Um, Cajun. Oh, okay. I was about to say Southern twang. Uh, that too. But yeah, it's 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 almost like Gambit. You know, he's got that. Maybe not even Gambit, but he's. Oh, mon ami, mon ami. Yeah. Well, no, maybe not Gambit then. Right. Um, but he's got that that accent, and so I was very surprised because didn't know that about him. You know, he could have fooled me basically. But uh, also, Easy E's son. 
uh, I, I guess he auditioned for that role, and it, it just didn't work out. But he stayed on to kind of help the actor, you know, kind of get his his father down, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, the number one thing from that whole scene was the the chick gets hit by a tank, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like that was the I was in from that moment on because I was like, "What the hell's happening? What's going on? These niggas are jumping stupid!" Like he he threatens the dude's family. And then next thing you know, bam, she's hit with a tank, and I I was rolling. Not only was she hit with the tank, the other girl got hit by the door when Easy was uh, running through the house. Oh right, right when he uh with the refrigerator. Yeah, right, with the refrigerator door, like it just right, right. <laughs> so you got two scenes there, both with women. So I don't know if that's any kind of uh, commentary on like their uh, lyrics, you know, about women back in the day. I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's funny going into the movie. Uh, I guess I really I should have said this earlier, but I didn't really like my knowledge of NWA was basically I knew Easy E. I didn't really know much about him, but they, I knew he died from AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice Cube, I knew him from Friday, and of course, like throughout time, like I've heard some of his music, and I knew Dr. Dre because right. I, I mean he's Dr. Dre, so. Yeah, I didn't really know much about the group at all or listen to any of their music. And so, yeah, it was all, like, informational. I'm interested to see, like, what is actually, like, creative storytelling and what exactly is facts. Well, I mean, in the movie, it, it, I'm sure a lot of this stuff was dramatized. But I, I right. know, um, I'm sure that it was, I mean, it, it was dramatized. I, I think there's, um, most of this was probably you know, has some truth in it. Um, I, I did see an interview with uh, Ice Cube Jr., you know, where he was talking about that scene where um, he had the baseball bat and went into the executive's office mm-hmm. and uh, and was hitting things with it. Well, uh, according to him and Ice Cube, that actually happened. I was about to say, I think I've heard about that before. Yeah, because basically, you know, he, he wanted money to support his family because he was expecting a baby who happens to be his son who's playing him. So mm-hmm. his son was saying, you know, I've always heard this story and it was important to him that that scene was in the movie because he, mm-hmm. he wanted to basically um, do his legacy right, you know, by his father. So he he wanted to do that scene because of how much it meant to his dad at that time trying to support his son who was about to be born. So it was a it was a really interesting thing to think about, you know, be like, right, you know, for his son to play that out in real life, you know, the story that he's heard, I don't know how many times, you know, so that, you know, I, I, cause I was like, did that really happen? You know? And then I saw the, this interview where they talked about that scene specifically. I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know where I heard it, but I, I, I had heard about that before, but yeah, it was good. Okay. Um, so what did you think about this, the opening scene? Do you think this was to show us that Easy e like, he, he was, was... out shit slinging? Well, yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they all were, you know, trying to make ends meet, right? I mean, because what was Dr. Dre doing, like, uh, on the side of, like... Uh, well, he was the DJ at that club, right? That's what they said. Uh, yeah, um, okay. Because that's why his mom was on him, because she's like... Ninja, you gotta go to go to school or go to work. That's like a lot of, I don't want to drama like stereo stereo. What's the word? Stereotype. Uh, yeah, stereotype black families. But that is like a lot of rule. You gotta work, or or go to school, one or the other. So I don't really think I don't think Cube or or Dre were selling drugs, right? It was just Easy E, but because he basically financed the whole thing 
with his drug money, but well, see, or at least that's what I got from it. He, here's the thing from from what I do know, uh, you know, you, you got Dre and Cube are producing this movie. Um, I know. Oh, you might let they don't they might not want that to be out there. It, well, that could be a thing, but I do know Tamika Wright, who is you know Easy E's uh, uh, widow. Yeah, her, you know his widow. She also, I think she was also like a producer on this as well. You know because mm-hmm. she was ruthless and and also um, you know his wife. You know so she was probably like some kind of consultant. But mm-hmm. I th- during this movie, I was thinking like I wonder what you know Easy's family is thinking about like. His, how they're portraying him in this movie. But I think like towards the end, they kind of, um, you know, showed him to kind of turn, you know, a new leaf, right. Trying to get the group back together later on. And right. was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. The, how the thing, you know, how things went down. So, and that's like another thing too. I, when I was younger, I want to say like uh bone thugs, they blamed Tamika for how they were handled and stuff after easy died. And so that was there was a falling out with Bone Thugs and Ruthless as well too. They were signed to, um, to Ruthless. right because uh, the DJ Yellow guy mentions their uh, mentions one of them or something about one of their tracks at the end, right? Right, but also Easy brought that up when he went to go see Cube in the club uh, towards the end of the movie. He, uh, you know, because you know, um, you remember that scene, right, where he went into the club? And, when he was coughing. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's, you know, when he first got there, he's like, oh, you know, I'm in the area. I'm here with Bone Thugs or something like that. So he, he dropped that. And then later on, you know, when he's in the hospital, uh, DJ Yellow comes in and was like, oh, hey, you know, we got that track with Bone Thugs. And uh, I, I I wish that they mentioned what it was. And I don't know. Okay, so you know Easy e was on was on For the Love of Money, right? For the Love of Money, that, that song? Um, what are you talking? About? Well, it was sampled by the, uh, they sampled the the OJ's or whatever. Uh, oh, but, okay, that's one. But that's um, one yeah, so Bone Thugs did a song for the love of money. It was on their first mm-hmm. album, and uh, Easy was on it. So when Cube went to the hospital, you know, when um, when Easy was was in a coma and he was talking to Dre outside, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I just I, I want to hear him talk to me. You know, uh, I just want to hear his voice. You know, when he was saying all that. I, right. I I thought that they were gonna go back in and like play that tape or something, you know, because Easy oh, is on okay. that track with Bone Thugs. So I was I was waiting for this thing, you know, me being a huge Bone Thugs fan. I was all like, oh, they're gonna do something because also on the album, um, the Compton soundtrack album, there's a track on there that Dr. Dre samples and is for the love of money from Bone Thugs. So th- oh, there's okay. all this like little tie-ins, you know, with Bone Thugs. So I thought. You know they were gonna play something. I don't know. It was just something I kind of expected, and it didn't happen. But it, it's fine. Um, but I, how the hell did I get into all that? <laughs> something with easy. Oh, oh, oh well, uh, Tamika Wright and and all that. Oh, That's right, how right. We got right. into that. But um, so yeah, I I don't know the the opening scene with, with uh, how easy just shows up by himself and the way he's talking to those people. I. I think maybe they were trying to show us like how real he really was, you know, that he wasn't going to step down to no man, you right. know? So, and, and that's one thing I did learn from this movie was that he was the backer of MWA, you know, all, all the money. So that right. was news to me. And I thought he was a rapper too. So I, I thought that was really funny. Like in uh, the scene in the booth, you know, where they're trying to rap, you know, where it's in every single trailer, you know, where he's, where he says that line, you know, um, right. cruising down the street in my six force. Cruising down the street in my six-fold. Shit, that ain't it. 
It really ain't. Hey, hey, Dre, Dre, you gotta go if we gonna do this. Cube, you gotta go. Fuck out of here, yo. Nah, nigga, both of y'all. You talking to me? Bye. Yo, Cube. And y'all, get the fuck me out of here, man. Yeah, so we can get this shit Write done. Write the song, Cube. Shut the fuck up, Cube. What do I do? He's with you, Cube. Y'all, huh? yes, man, come on. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you motherfucker. Come on, You e. finished, Dre? You want to laugh, too? <laughs> I stay in this bitch by myself. Hey, just say the words, all right? What does that even mean? Man, just say the shit with me, all right? Cruising. Cruising? Yeah, right. cruising. All Let's right. go. Dre, you know this shit ain't gonna never work. <laughs> all right, you, you trying to be funny, but you see how you said that shit, right? Like you believe it? Yeah, I believe that shit. Then say this shit like you believe it, man. Like it's a motherfucking Sunday and you cruising down Crenshaw in a motherfucking 6 4. Come on, say that shit like you believe it, man. Like it's your words. Feel that shit. <laughs> Stop playing around. Loosen the fuck up. There you go. <laughs> cruising down the street in my 6 4. Oh, shit. Hey, that was dope, eh? That shit was dope, man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. That scene was freaking hilarious. Right. So I, I want to talk about the, the Dr. Dre intro part and okay. where he's talking to his brother. And I felt like, I don't know if this is you, but it's like the next thing in my notes. I knew immediately that his brother was going to die in this movie, not even knowing that he had a brother or what his fate is. But it was just like, that was one thing where I'm like, okay, well, he's obviously going to die because it was like almost too predictable. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that's because we've been, you know, uh, tainted, you know, from all these uh, great writing, you know, in uh, uh, Game of Thrones, you know, and, and all these things where they want you to care about, like, a relationship or something. Right. So that way it hits you when that happens. So right. I It almost too. took me out at that point. I was just like, okay, so he's going to die. Like, I was just like, all right. Well, see, for me is, okay, so you know Warren G., Yes. Okay. You know their cousins, right? Him and Dr. Dre? No, I didn't know that. Okay. So they're cousins. Um, so when I saw the brother, I actually I was like, is that Warren G? That's weird that they're living together because they're cousins. And then to find out that they were brothers, I was like, Dr. Dre has a brother? I go, uh-oh. Is he going to die? <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so I, I didn't know he had a brother either. And But Warren G does come in later on in the movie, so I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't. He, he's the one that brought Snoop Dogg to the studio. Oh, was that who that was? That was supposed uh, to be Warren G with with the with the line in his hair. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. See, I don't. Peter, you do realize I didn't start listening to music until what two like two years ago, <laughs> two thousand two thousand three. Okay, so yeah, I was just like, which by the way, we're gonna talk about the Snoop thing. That was my that was it. I don't know some some about the Snoop actor bothered me, but we'll get there. Okay. And then my my next was, my next note was so basically Ice Cube wrote the whole wrote all their songs not all their songs but most of it um, and he wasn't even in the, technically in the group and so I'm like basically he's like every everyone's ghostwriter and like he was okay with it well he wasn't okay with it he he wanted that contract you know so they were beating around the bush and um, so I mean that that's the reason why he ultimately left and I I. I that's the thing I I learned a lot in this you know it, it was like it was like a lesson in in NWA and hip hop you know just kind of like uh their their uh reality rap as as they refer to it you know so right. I, I learned a lot of the things here I knew that um Cube left but I thought that it was because there was beef between him and Dre 
but him leaving ca- caused that beef, you know. Right. And so, and then when Dre left, that also caused beef with uh, Easy E, obviously. And I always knew that they had beef because I remember the um, I forgot the, the the song, but in the music video of I, I think it was Dr. Dre's um uh, song where they had a guy who looked like Easy E. You know, that was acting really silly, going around, you know, asking for a handout, basically. So mm-hmm. I knew that there was beef with them, too. So, I, you know, I was really young, you know, so I didn't know the story uh, about any of that. So uh, that's that's why I like the movie as well. You know, I learned a lot. When 8 Mile came out, not a whole lot, you know, there was nothing that they really showed me. They didn't show me anything new. Like, er- everything in 8 Mile, we all heard from Eminem songs. Right. Well, see, my thing was uh, really with with Cube, he kept mentioning that he was in some other group and he couldn't re- and they wouldn't like it. And I was like, what is he talking about? Like, that was what my thing was. Like when they first started and he's like, he, they're like, OK, you're 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 sweet and you and your rhymes are like the shit. But he's like, yeah, I got this other group. I don't want to step on their toes. So I'm, I'll let y'all rap my shit. And I'm just like thinking now with all this Meek Mill Drake shit. And I'm like, so nobody cared about that shit back then? Or was this widely known that, that Easy e couldn't rap? Or could he rap and just Cube was just better? Like it just really kind of, that's something I don't know. And I'd love to someone who listened back then, if they was like open that people knew that Easy e was just saying Ice Cube's like lines. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm definitely the wrong guy to ask, you know, uh, about that. I, I'm hoping to only, you know, kind of bring, like, the the movie-watching experience to this. Um, right, right. Yeah. That's why I was like, I wonder, I just, I, I was like, kept wondering, I'm like, who is this group that he's referring to? That's what I was like, and why, and that's why he wasn't signed, basically, because, but he was still in the group, though, in the videos. So then he started rapping, so I was like, Okay, so does now the group not care that he's in the group, or was it just too big that he didn't care about the group anymore? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, and then it, and then I just got like they signed to the California Raisins uh, album uh, label. Oh, you know, I, I just I found something here. It looks like he was part of a group called CIA. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of them either. But um, let's see. It also consisted of KD, Sir Jinx, and Ice Cube. So I think Jinx was a name that was mentioned in there. Um, but, you know, there's a, a song that was produced by Dr. Dre. So that maybe that was the group that he was talking about. Um, years active, according to Wikipedia, was uh, 1984 to 87. So maybe, oh, okay. m- maybe that's the group there. Um, but uh, back to the the one scene where um, we got the introduction of Dr. Dre, I just really like that scene where he's just laying on the ground on top of his vinyls, which I don't know if you want to be laying, because I don't know if it'll damage them and you're a DJ and you can use that for scratching. So, oh, right, right, But right, right, it was right. just a great shot, you know. Right. Um, I, I just liked it, you know, and he's he's laying on the ground, you know, listening to what will, what will eventually be Dre, Dre <laughs> Beats by Dre headphones, uh, right, right, listening right. to music, and, you know, you, you see him basically... Uh, conducting like Mozart you know his fingers are like you know playing the drums and pianos and all that I just I, I really just like that image right there right that's it um my next let me see do you, my, my next one is about the bus oh yeah school bus I, I, oh 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 with Cube's intro mm-hmm. right 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 I just I just my whole thing about this scene was really <laughs> like I was like holy shit like it's real out here in these streets man like I'd have been crying like a little bitch the entire time. 
Like, I'd be like, please don't shoot me. I'll suck your dick. Please. <laughs> you know, please don't shoot me. Uh, but really, that scene, like, had me a nerve, man. I was, I was so scared for that kid. I thought he was going to get shot. So, um, Me too. you know, just to kind of uh, talk a little bit about it, the, the, the scene here, Ice Cube's on the bus, you know, he, he's writing uh, lines, you know, where one of the kids joked, you know, you're writing poetry, you know, and uh, so these, um, these bloods are driving by um, next to the school bus and one of the kids, you know, he starts throwing a C out there. And so right. the, uh, the, the guys, they pull the bus over, the guy comes in with a gun and oh man, I was I was just so scared. But it's super hilarious when Cube does go back to the group later on. He's like, man, you know, some bloods stopped the bus and they, they came up, you know, you know, showing their gun and then had like a motivational speech or something like. That was just really funny. Right. I was like, oh god, good thing Ice Cube has plot armor, as my uh, co-host John would say. <laughs> you know, but this. This movie, though, I, I got to give it this. It has a lot of charm. You know, there, there's a lot right. of funny scenes, and, and I don't find them silly at all. No, no. There was no part where I was like, oh, that's crazy. Except for Snoop. And, and we'll get there. Oh, oh right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, what, do, what do you got next? Well, my, like I said, my, my, I just go to the California Raisins label when they sign, when they start doing the shows and stuff, and they bring the different executives in. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I, my, my label represents the California Raisins. I was like, I know who they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I do like, uh, um, let's see here. I don't know if you caught this, but, well, maybe you didn't. Because F. Gary Gray, you know, the um, the, the director, he had a cameo. He was the, the DJ um, or the the radio DJ that, that was playing their tracks. So it was. Oh, the, what did you say, Matt by Craig or something like that? Right. And uh, he also played the, mm, the the guy who was mopping the floor in Friday. You know where Ezel fell down or allegedly <laughs> fell down. And he's like, "Oh, my, right. my neck, my back, my neck, and my back." And he's like, "Fool, get up!" Right. <laughs> you know. Oh, um, right, so right. that was the director. So he makes cameos in his movie. So I, I caught that right off the bat. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's him." Um, that's who now? Who was that? Who did you say that was? The director. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Okay, uh, but the yeah, California raisins. That that's funny that that's the only like notable artist, I guess, quote unquote artist on, on the on the label. Right. But they I make just remember gold. having all the toys. Yeah, I, I remember having all the toys and everything. I don't. I, I remember the cart. I mean, not cartoons, but commercials. Right. I had like the little like they had the, like the little legs. And right. It right. Was cool. <laughs> but I, I do remember um, heard it through the grapevine. Their version. <laughs> Oh, see, I don't even remember any of the music. I just remember the the, the toys. Yeah, I, I didn't even know they were toys. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to say I don't know if they were in Happy Meals or something, or may, if that's what it was, or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure they were. Okay. Um, the next thing I wrote down is contracts. So this is basically something that we already just kind of briefly touched on, but the whole thing with uh, Cube, you know, being like the last one to sign, um, and. So what was the deal with uh with uh Jim was it Jimmy, the uh, the manager, Puff, uh, Puff? Jimmy Iovine? No 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 um Heller. Because I was gonna say that's J- much Jerry Jerry. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, what was his issue issue with Cube? Basically, he just felt that you know he was trying to be uh, easy. Yeah, I never really got. I, I, that's something I would like to see on a rewatch as why he was not the only. That's why I was why I was saying I was confused because. I never got why he was the only one that wasn't signed. Like that never really stood out to me. Yeah, because I yeah, 
yeah, it. I don't know. Maybe I missed it too. But um, uh, what was I gonna say about that? Yeah, I, I forget. It just, it just, I, I, I just never understood why, why, why he was the only one not signed, and everybody was making. I'm like, so what is he getting like paid with or paid for? How's he you being see, compensated for all that? Right. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because you see him walking around. There's the scene later in the movie where he's already asked a couple times, and they're having like lobster and stuff, and he's eating like Burger King or something, and I'm just like, well. How are you getting money? You got to be getting money somehow. I don't know if they're just paying him off like show fees or something. I don't know. I'm sure that's what it is. You know, he's just tagging along and, um, you know, everything's kind of being covered with what they have, I, I guess. I mean, again, right. wrong person, you know, to, to ask, but, you know, just speculating. Another funny, another funny part about, about the movie, too, was when they're when they're recording at the studio, when they do finally sign with uh, Jerry mm-hmm. and, or, and, and Dr. Dre gets called out of the studio and the girl's like, I'm leaving Dre. And I'm just like, man, that's just throwing away a lotto ticket. Like, <laughs> like she should have stayed, man. And she was like, man, you you smashing all these these thoughts out here. He's like, man, it's just thoughts. Like, that's part of the deal. And this is the scene that leads into where they they all get like um, harassed, right? Right by yes, the police. Yes, that, that was my next. That was my next note. Yes. Well, sit tight and let us do our job, hey, officer. I'm sorry. What is going Sir? on? Out? Can you stay right there, please? We're trying to check these bangers, make sure they're clean. All right, I'm sorry. These are not bangers. Okay. These um, these are artists. Excuse me, artists? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. What kind of artists? Rappers. And they're working with me in the studio right now. Well, see, rap is not an art. And I'm sorry, who are you? I'm the manager. Well, you're wasting your time, Mr. Manager. You gotta be kidding me. You're wasting your time. Really? These these clients of yours, these rappers, they look like gang members. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? Ow, ow, ow. But that's police harassment. You said you're a manager, right? Yeah. Not a lawyer. Does that matter? You cannot come down here and harass these guys because they're black. They knocked their food out of their hand. Peter, do you know how upset I would be if I'm eating my burger and these ninjas knock my burger out of my hand? You'd be like, pick that up? <laughs> I'd be like... Somebody's buying me a new fucking burger, bitch. Like I was, I wasn't done eating that. I was just like, I was blowed because you gotta expect like this shit really happened because everybody like ex- in their movies they they show how L.A. cops ain't shit. But it's just like, oh my god, man. Like I've I've been pulled over for DWB, but I couldn't imagine being like harassed like this. And there's already inherently like a, a nervousness when you're pulled over by cops, mm-hmm. but to have them do this, like out of it, out of been like, uh, I would, I don't know how I probably get my ass whooped basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh man. The uh, disrespect is like on a, like you nigger. I was just like, bruh, like, oh God, it's just, it's infuriating. That's one of those white people moments where you like look around and say like, who, how, how are people reacting to this scene? And then here here come the manager saving the day. Right, 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 right. But, yeah, you know, I, I can't comprehend, uh, you know, growing up that way. You know, I, I've i never had anything, you know, that bad happen to me. But, I mean, I, I have been around gangsters and stuff, and I've been in cars uh, where I was the passenger being pulled over. But, yeah, nothing ever like that ever. Um, and it's just... It sucks, man. I mean, in this movie, it, it, it shows what they had to go through, you know. And uh, the the scene in Detroit, uh, how far is that? Is that coming up? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not quite there yet. 
No, not yet. We'll sa- we'll save that then. Okay. Uh, the next thing I got is the uh, the, the hotel scene with, with the uh, right. Knock at the we're door. In, we're in nineteen eighty nine in like the the or- the orgy party. Yes. Yes. Um, Obviously, one of my favorite scenes. Oh, it, I, I wonder why. Um, my Felicia. <laughs> yeah. So when when the guy came in looking for Felicia, I go, "Oh man, are they gonna drop that joke?" And sure enough, they did. Yeah, I- I wasn't. See, I was like, I, I was just so like, oh my god, what's going on? Like, they they about to fight this nigga, and then next thing you know, yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh. So it's funny that you you already went there, and I was just like, ah, oh, ha ha ha. Well, see, for me, uh, again, I knew F. Gary Gray directed this. I knew that he did Friday with okay. Ice Cube, and that's where By Felicia came from. And that scene ended with his son. You know, shoving that girl's head like in Friday and saying "Bye, Felicia." You know, so right. it's a. I, I kind of. I was like, "Are they gonna go with it?" And they did. You know, so it was a little predictable, but I think it was still pretty funny. I mean, the the the, the crowd laughed. So. Oh yeah, of course. I was I was rolling. I was like, <laughs> man, it did what it was supposed to do. But um, man, the in in the trailer they show uh like that that scene where uh, Easy is like um, you know, walking with that that AR-15 or whatever it is, you know, with the scope and all that. Oh, right, right, right. Like, in the trailer, it almost looks like, oh, man, what's going on there? Is is he going up to some cops or what? But it's in the hotel room going up to, run up, running up on two guys with, like, one pistol, <laughs> you know? So it was a little misleading in the trailer, but um, I was like, oh, that's where the scene is. But I was just like, man, he carry a gun like that? But I, I guess I never, he got I never, to. I never get why these lame-ass ninjas, like, try to blame the dudes for your for your girl being a thought, man, like. That's your cho- that's your choice for choosing a, a thought. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. Like, don't be hating. Man, that scene was like well shot too. You know, and I'm not talking about like the TNA. The artistry. But... I don't know. I was just. I was like. <laughs> well, I was just not just how it's like. Uh, it's like it's like one continuous shot. You know, showing like okay, this is what's going on with this rapper, and this is what's going on with this rapper. Then you got you got like uh, DJ Yella. You know, banging Smash. a girl. Yeah, and he's, right, he's... He, he's like. He's like, you, Felicia? She's like, you forgot my name already? Like, that that's... <laughs> I can imagine that. That is so funny because yeah. I, I barely remember bitches' names now. Like, so, <laughs> like, excuse me, lady. I'm only calling them just because I don't know their names individually. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm terrible at names. Like, people I've known for years, I still call them by different names. So, like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And I, I liked his character because they, they made him, like, the... Um, you know, comedic relief. Right, right. Where he wore like uh yellow when they were supposed to be all wearing black and stuff. Yeah, the 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 Kings. Like I thought it was like a Lakers jersey, but it was like uh, the LA Kings. Oh, okay. Um the the next one I got uh the the news about the brother. Yeah, exactly. And I was like that my note says I called this shit. Like so I mean I guess it was just like especially cuz when it starts isn't that when um before the orgy scene I guess is where he's talking on the phone with him. Uh, yeah, and when he's talking, yeah, yeah, because he, he was with one, the one he girl. One, yeah, he has a one chick, and his brother's like, "Yeah, man, let me come on the road with you." And I'm just like, "Oh, mm. I, I still, I still got them condoms that you gave me a long time ago." <laughs> right, right, right. Those the, that 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 moment where like the older male figure in your life's like, "Hey, boy, you got to use these." Yeah, I, I see, and that's just more foreshadowing that he's gonna die, right? Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that got me. I think uh, a lot of people were sniffling, you know, during that scene. Um, that That's another thing, like, in one of the interviews that I watched that 
the the director, it was very important to him that the number one thing is that they can act, mm-hmm. right? And then like the number th- number two thing is that they can rap, and then uh, then I think number three is that that he buys that they are from the streets, you know, that they're right. from either Compton or you know South LA, South Central LA, from that area, and right. so I. I, that's what I saw in these actors. Like I, I believed it myself. I didn't believe that these, you know, were Dr. Dre or Easy E, but I, I felt that they were real people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I knew they were playing characters, but I felt they were real. Um, so yeah, hats off to all of them because they, they definitely brought it. And uh, the guy, it was definitely an emotional ass scene. Like, like you say, even though you saw it coming, mm-hmm. it's still like, damn man, it's fucked up. Because he said like some dude just broke his neck, and I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Oh, like, yeah. do, like, some, like, Mortal Kombat type shit. Like, finish him. Because, like... Well, you watch it, wrestling, man. Like, some of those, like... I like uh, how you said wrestling. You know, you, only because you pronounce it that way. <laughs> My ninja! <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, so, some of those... Uh, I, I don't know the names of the moves, but where's the one where you, like, basically throw the guy, like, over your shoulder? Like, a pile driver or something? Or... But that's not like, over your shoulder, but oh, a yeah, pile driver lives on your neck. Okay. See, yeah. See, so things like that, like you do it wrong. I mean, if you do it on the concrete, like, yeah, you, you break somebody's neck. Yeah. I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it was it like a, he said it was an altercation. And I was just like, how does that happen? I was expecting him to get sh- just shot like like a random drive by or something, something, something like that. But to say that he just got his neck broke, I was just like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely sad, and I uh, really felt bad for him, you know, and just like his reaction and his his scream, I just ooh, it was really heart wrenching. Right, and um, yeah, yeah, in the funeral. Oh, oh, right. Um, but the, the Dr. Dre, um, I read that Michael B. Jordan was actually casted, but he was you know filming Fantastic Four, and so wasn't able to do it. Oh, okay. For for the little brother? No, for Dr. Dre. Oh, oh okay, okay. Which I, I actually kind of, I, I think this guy looks a little bit more closer to him. Oh, and uh, the, the fourth thing was that they kind of resembled the, the people they were playing at least. Mm-mm. Obviously, that was laid down the list for some people, but we'll get to there. Oh, you're right. <laughs> um, okay, but the the funeral scene, did you did you have any thoughts on that? No, I just, I just uh, it was a tough scene. I was like, damn, man. Anytime, like, loss and just that emotional moment and the one thing i was like is uh cube was like in like his normal hood attire that was funny but well i mean i appreciated that because uh my cousin who who died at 14 um when uh at his funeral like uh, all the bloods they showed up you know wearing their flannels and and had their rags hanging out of their pants so they did oh, not work? yeah they they did not look formal at all for this and at the end of the funeral they all threw their rags in the hole and I'm just like come on man <laughs> right like, i get it but come on like yeah so so they they do that you know yeah they, see that that's that shows my my privilege cuz i know nothing about gang related activity yeah i mean i I was not about that life, but I hung out with those guys. I mean, I, I knew the difference between right and wrong, but they just, they just, you know, they were my, my neighbors. They were, they were the kids I grew up with. And so, right. again, I knew right from wrong, but I was still around that stuff. And, um, you know, I was uh, I was not a victim of a drive-by, but I was there, you know, while it, it happened, you know. So I could have easily been shot, too. So, oh my you know, God. so, you know, I, I I've seen some things but not to the extent of this you know and i i don't want to say that like i i grew up 
like you know with a bad you know uh childhood it, nothing like that there was a few instances where yeah i i got to see a glimpse of things like that too mm-hmm. but i mean i mean uh as a kid you know i was on you know portland is definitely not you know, la or anything right but just like any town they have like some some bad parts you know and for a time i was living in a bad area so mm. you know things like that happen and a, a lot of the asian kids at the, at that time were gangsters so right so my next thing is 1990 and ice cube wants his own his own shit basically like he's finally over this like not being signed shit and i'm just like he's like 2 years in and still not getting signed I That's think crazy. three, right? Because they, oh, they, st- they started in 86, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So God, I'm like, God dang, man. Like, you're, can you imagine, like, seriously, can you imagine doing sold out fucking tours and not being, like, compensated for that? Is, is this before or after the, the whole thing in Detroit? Uh, before. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, well, you, you know, <laughs> he, he was a big part of that group you know f- for the writing so i i think you know as long as like gosh i don't know oh, wait man. this might be this might be actually after because i think uh i think 89 is when they were touring in detroit so oh, i think okay. this is after okay do you have any thoughts on detroit um well, <clears throat> well honestly i was just i was just like really like when they when they're talking to him i'm like oh yeah they're definitely gonna still do the song oh yeah so I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was just like, okay, what's going to happen when they do the song? So the whole time I'm just waiting for them to do it. And yeah, I did not expect that, but that's crazy. Do you, do you remember this or do you, have you ever seen like footage of this or something? I did not. Um, but I, I felt like the way the, the cops were approaching the stage, I go, somebody's going to get shot, but it couldn't be any of them. Right. Plot armor. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, I just don't remember reading or hearing anything about any of them ever being right. shot but i mean maybe i just don't know you know right. just naive to it but um yeah it's uh it's still suspicious because right right because you're like okay well we know cube dre and all these other are, are safe right so what's gonna happen so that was exactly how i felt i was like i don't know what's gonna happen and you see that one green ass cop just like sitting there mugging like like a fucking hater yeah like like bro get your life bro like <laughs> such a, like it's so amazing that like they were saying this stuff about the cops and it's like, okay, if you're a cop, it's just more I was thinking like if I'm not that way, why am I being so angry towards it if I know I'm not like that? Yeah, I don't know. They had a lot of cops there too, like kind of giving them the briefing. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if you know you're not quote unquote racist, then somebody saying that cops are racist, that wouldn't bother me. They're like, man, all black people are racist. I know I'm not racist. Yeah. So that would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like they're like, if you stop tr- acting like you're racist, people won't assume that you're racist. Right. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, that was a rough scene too. The And I was just like, gosh, you know, it. this doesn't help their case. But, you know, they obviously don't, they're, they're saying, they're expressing themselves, right? And so they're not putting the blame for the actions of other people based on what their, you know, what their, their lyrical content is. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I just felt like when they got arrested and then like you know, all of Detroit was going crazy, I was like, well, you know, this doesn't really help it. But, and that kind of leads into the whole, 
the press scene, right? The uh... oh, right, right, right. I was my butt was clenched for this whole scene because I'm like, what is Cube gonna say? Is he gonna be like, yeah, I'm not getting paid? I was like, that's what I was expecting to say. <laughs> like I was just waiting for. It. I was like, oh, he gonna say that shit? And then he yeah. did. I was like, oh damn. Yeah. So the so at this point, this is when Cube leaves. Um, basically, right. yeah. He he says that. Well, he doesn't even say where he's gonna go, right? But we just see him at priority. You know, talking to that that guy he had previously met okay, with the California Rangers. Can we, talk about, can we talk about the scene where he meets with uh, Jerry? And this whole like God, like he said, it's like a Godfather scene. Like, what oh, in right. the actual fuck? in the dark? Right. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, if you really want me to sign, why are you coming off of some like? shady shit from the get-go yeah you know i mean uh dre wasn't a big fan of him either you know so i i think that was just kind of um you well, know my, when, when we first are introduced to him i'm like is he gonna screw them somehow and so i i already had that in the back of my mind just just from seeing movies over time about the music business every artist so you're, is screwed. right so i'm thinking like somehow he's doing some shady shit i don't i didn't know what it was but yeah like this cube and then like He's like, you get seventy five thousand dollars. I'm like, that's like a drop in the bucket. It is a lot of money, obviously, right? But at the, at that point, like we said, it's like three years in, and he's like not getting anything for the album sales. Like he wrote all all the music. I think this is after the scene, uh, like we talked about, where they're having the lobster for for breakfast and stuff. And he's like, yeah, he wants to be you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, bro, um. Yeah, he might want to be you, but he's really writing all your shit, so you might want to take it a little bit easier. Cause it just, it just, it just didn't, it didn't connect with me because they knew he was like the brains of the group. So why piss off somebody who's like the most essential part of the group? If I know I don't have talent, and like say me and you are are in a group, and I know you're the the essential part of the group, I'm not, I'm gonna do my best to keep you happy because you're the you're the talent. Right. So I'm like. Why they try to piss him off? I'd be like, nigga, whatever you want. Well, you like, know you can what? have it all. I I did read that uh, the original cut three and a half hours. Oh wow! And this this movie itself is two and a half. So there there's well, a right. I, there's, it, well, it was longer, but it didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. It, it went by really fast. And when it ended, I go, no, it did. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I had this because I, I I walk it out. I'm like, it's almost two. I'm like, god damn, this is long, but it it really didn't feel like you were in there that long because you were in. In, enthralled in it the whole time yeah the um i don't know if i gave my rating but uh i, I would if if i didn't you know i i say about a four and a half um mm-hmm. the, i gave it a five yeah i mean that's four and a half is still really solid you know i right yeah i just feel like five would be a perfect movie i don't think this is but it's really right. damn good but um i guess i i, I could have done uh you know without like the suge knight stuff you know, like I, I, I actually love that Suge Knight shit. Well, like for real. I mean, not all of it. Like, don't get rid of all of it. But it, I just felt like, okay, I, I know that there. I think maybe I don't know. I, I guess I guess it was a big deal. Um, you know, in in the storytelling because of how Dre goes over there. But I don't know. There, there was just some things that I could have done without. I guess you know, with, with the whole uh, Death Row. But um, I mean, I knew it was necessary. I did like Pac. Oh right, right, yeah. I was like, oh, Tupac. They should have had uh, Anthony Mackie play him again. <laughs> oh right, right, right. It was funny though, cause I thought that was like one of the the best part, the best cast casting uh, calls. Yeah. Like he was, he was great, like yeah. the Tupac guy. Yeah, they made him look just like him. 
Um, but my thing was so basically, like Ice Cube never got anything from NWA. Yeah, he didn't care. You know, I mean, same same thing with Dre at the end of the Death Row. Like, go ahead, you know. Shoot, right, like, you but know. can you imagine how much money that was though? Especially back then. Yeah, but I mean, as an artist, I, I gotta imagine, you know, f- you know their their freedom to do whatever they want is more important than the money. Right. I'm. I'm just. Well, yeah. To them, you know, I'm just like, saying to me, like as I'm a, like, bro. Yeah. So like, like as a podcaster, like I don't care to make a dime at all. You know, I I want to be able to do what I want to do. You know, review the movies I want to review and, you know, things like that. So. I I could kind of understand, but may, maybe that's maybe that's his thing. He's just like Peter. You're saying you just do this for the love. I I, I do. Sometimes I get that itch. Be like, man, I just want to record with somebody. <laughs> that that's what happened when I reviewed Southpaw. Like, man, that was a good movie. I want to talk about this, and I had no one to talk about it with, so I just did a solo review. Right. Uh, I totally do all my podcasts for the for the fame, the fortune, and <laughs> all the newtsy. So you're easy of podcasting. I don't want the package though. <laughs> um, and then okay, so so now. And I, and what, by the way, uh, yeah, all my I'm I do have talent. I'm just saying. At least at least it is. It just seems like this movie. It seemed like he had no talent. Oh, that that they're trying to you you're talking about Cube as far as like rapping. No, Easy E, he had no oh. talent. Yeah, I could I could kind of see that you know because he had to get you know he, Dre had to guide him into rapping right. So right. so you're like okay so does he not rap you know so yeah and that's so, why and that's what was really like crazy for me because I'm thinking like okay again I knew who Easy E was generally like I couldn't tell you a song he was on or anything like that but I knew he was a rapper so seeing this movie you're like okay so all all this shit that he was like known for was Cube shit and basically when he started he didn't even really know how to do this shit so I'm like why is he so well received and I I, I want to say on Wikipedia it's like the grandfather of gangster rap and I'm like that's bullshit because he didn't even really do anything well, at least it, from, the, from what I got from the movie right I don't, it, like I said that's why I'm like I don't know what's sensationalized and what's actually true it could be but, because you know like in the movie how it depicts that uh, Jerry is is the one that basically groomed him to to be where he was at you know what I mean like the right. the one scene where uh, in one of the concerts. They were walking by a sign and it says Easy E and and NWA. You know, right, it right, doesn't right. just say NWA because I, I know that Easy E had his own solo album, but that's all that contract stuff. So it's kind of like what Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. Um, kind of, but I think they were. I mean, they were just Jackson Five. You know, and then exactly and then, that's what I'm saying. Like they were supposed to just be the NWA, but they just have they had Easy E up front. But but I feel like when uh, when Jerry you know become when he starts managing them I, I, f- I felt that they were always kind of separate you know uh, what I get from this movie anyway but like with Jackson Five they were Jackson Five and then you know Michael Jackson went to go on and you know do solo stuff oh okay yeah it, to be honest with you I never like I said I never trusted Jerry so his like shit was like I always thought it was shady from like something's going on that's gonna be shady yeah and so. And then, so when Cube leaves, this is my next note. They're salty as fuck, but what I'm tripping on is why are they salty? Like I never understood. You know he wasn't getting paid. That's like some just like whole shit to me. Like why even hate on your homie 
when you know he wasn't getting his just due anyway. That see that really that really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like I was like I was like what the fuck. Right. And then they 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 talk about it at the end. We're like yeah we shouldn't have dissed you, but like I'd have been I and Cube totally killed him. Like he killed him. Yeah, and I like that scene where uh, DJ Yellow was like you know it was kind of funny. Right, and then he's like he's like we're gonna end that nigga's career. And he's like. I don't know about all that. Like, like, bro, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he is the talent. Like, you, you niggas suck. I mean, because, no, um, because, yeah, he, he, he drops that. I'm just really upset. No, 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 I, no, I totally get that, you know. Uh, yeah, because he says Cube's funny. And then we see, like, later on, we see Cube, um, writing the script for Friday. Right. That was great. I love that. I love that. You know, so it, it, you're right. This, this movie, it really highlights how talented, you know, Ice Cube is, you know, when it comes to writing, like he he helped uh, co-write Friday and then he wrote a lot of the lyrics, for, you know, for a lot of their songs. Um, but back to, you know, what you're saying, how, yeah, they, they started dissing him first. His his first album, um, uh, America's Most Wanted, like they he didn't mention any of them at all. You That's know, what he was saying. Like, yeah. yeah like... and, and then and then he yeah, and then they come out with this track. But I feel like, you know, it, it could have been something that maybe uh, Jerry stirred up, you know, I was like, hey, l- l- l-, you know, because he, he kind of um, there was a scene that was kind of like that. Um, well, no, that that was after he released his track, I guess. But yeah, when he does them and he's like, oh, my God, he's racist or uh, anti-Semite or something. Right. I But I can see that it, maybe it was something that it started with Jerry. You know, it's just like, look, you know, he's he's not loyal to you guys. You know, he calls he calls him, you know, your brother. And then he, he goes and leaves you guys. He abandons you. You know, he's Benedict Arnold, you know, as they said. Maybe right. that's what it is. They just felt like, you know, b- betrayed, you know, that he, he decided to leave. But you're right. They should have understand. So I don't know. You know, maybe my point, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I get what you're saying and I see that. But my point would have been like, if I'm easy E and I know this guy is so important to my group and my it, just on the fact of me wanting to make more money. I'm like, I want my talent to be happy. Right. It's just like going to be like a general manager. Like you want your team to be happy. So they play happy. So in order for them to not even get in this situation, if you would have treated him like, like he deserved to be treated, you wouldn't have been in this situation in the first place. But I mean, you know, money, right. Money talks. Right. So, and then the the whole thing at the, when, when cube gets jumped, I was confused by that whole thing. It, it kind of made sense at the end when they say he's basically easy. E admits that he sent people to, to jump him, but I didn't understand what the hell was going on. I'm like, wait, who the fuck are these people jumping him? Oh, um, when when they were like uh, throwing out their labels, ruthless versus lynch mob. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, okay, so so you read it as Easy sent those guys. Well, he basically admits to it later in the movie. Did he? Okay, so I missed that then, because I felt that they were just you know part of ruthless, and you know I I I didn't feel like they were sent there, but you, you could be right. You know, I just didn't get that 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 they were sent there. Yeah, I, I want to say like when they're either uh, when they're talking on the phone or when they're meeting in the club, he's like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have uh, sent." But there's a basically a part I remember him saying like, "Yeah, sorry about that, homie." Oh, because okay. like I was like, "What the fuck, man!" Like when I first write, I'm like, "Why are they jumping him? Like who are these niggas jumping him?" Just I don't know other members of the the label, I guess, or just um, you know the entourage of the label. Right, so th- I guess this is about the time where Dr. Dre finally wants to get get his contract looked at. Right, 
and we see we see Suge throughout like the entire movie basically like right. he was just like a uh um what was he a road manager or a bodyguard he, started... I guess yeah I guess he started out as a bodyguard and then uh, became him uh you know and started managing right and so he and then I don't I, I wasn't really cure, uh sure who was the person in the hospital that got uh DLC the... um see uh I I've always heard uh, DLC as well, and I thought he was also a part of NWA. So I don't know if he was just kind of a guy that was behind the scenes or what, because he didn't seem to be like a really huge role here. But mm -hmm. um, I think he was the guy who, um, you know, had what was that? He he had some kind of bottle, and then Easy was like, well, you know, you're always drunk, and uh, so yeah, that guy ends up like crashing, right later on. And and so basically, like they're all getting fucked by uh, Jerry and Easy, basically on their contract. Yeah. I just I was like, man. So then, so that we get to the part where Jerry's uh, walking up to his house, and there's this like just random black dude standing outside. Oh right. <laughs> and, and all I got from that was like, did you notice how much this house actually looked like Gus's house from the Breaking Bad? Oh okay. Mm. I was like, is this like is this is this really Gus's house? Like I, that's all I kept thinking of, about. I I remember the house, but I'm, I'm not making that connection. But right. um, I don't know if you caught it, but his acting was really bad. You know where um, I, I think Jerry was like, "Who sent you?" You know, and then he like looks both you know to each side, to the left and to the right. It was just really bad. And and then he's like, "The black guy or yeah Jerry? yeah the black guy because he he's like." The, did, did uh, Cube send you? And then he like looked to his left and to his right, and it was just really bad acting, bad uh, eye acting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just know. all I just remember is like I, I guess he's just trying to intimidate him. It was funny. I was nervous because I was like, oh, is he gonna get shot? Because I didn't know about this Jerry guy. I thought so too. And I'm trying to think like, like could we had done without that scene? So uh, so he gets threatened. Okay. Yeah, because I'm deal. assuming Shug. I'm assuming Shug sent him. I'm assuming. Yeah, but so I mean, I guess we didn't really need it because they really don't we really don't know who really sent them still. Right, because they don't even come back to that. Because later on, you know, the Easy has a falling out with Jerry, and that's it. So, so he never even brings up, you know, Shugs sent a guy to my house. Like, you know, there's no scene of that. So that right, we just see how it gets handled because Shug and them just basically beat his ass. Well, I, I guess I guess there's a little bit of payoff where um. You know, after uh, I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when Easy gets jumped, you know, by yeah, Shug, that's what I'm saying. They just right, beat his right, ass. right, and and uh, um, so he goes to Jerry's house and he's all bleeding, and then you get that gun slowly creeping into the frame. You know, you're like, okay, who's that? And it's Jerry, and Jerry's all like, God, Eric. <laughs> you know, the the crowd. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, the the audience kind of laughed at that. It was it was kind of funny because yeah, he was scared. He's like, you know, who could this be now? So right, so like, there's a hey, little bit of a payoff. Why are all these ninjas at my house at at, uh, at dark times of the night? <laughs> right. So I, I, I guess maybe that's why, you know, to kind of explain why why he's going to be so nervous and ha has a gun. I don't know. Right. And then so then this is the part where we get the Snoop thing. Oh, right. And uh, I was just like. I like the way this was shot, the, the, the way he enters. And because all, all you see is the bandana hanging from outside of the. The, the pants right from, from the backside so you're like okay wait who's this crip because oh, i didn't even see that i didn't oh, even see yeah. i didn't see that so so the camera is following snoop's butt you know because we're focusing on the blue bandana and then he oh, he really? walks he walks into the studio and like suge and all his guys are all flamed up 
right? So so you're like, okay, what's going on? And that's why like Shook's like, who the hell is this guy? And then like you know he's like, what up, cuz you know whatever. And then the, you know they start beefing because you know Bloods and Crips. So oh, I didn't even get that. Oh okay, yeah. So <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> Because I was all like, wait, who's this guy walking into the studio? And then when they showed him, I go, is that supposed to be Snoop? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so what? what is your issue? He just doesn't look the role? or It just, it, my whole thing was like, I just didn't believe he was Snoop. He seemed a little bit more uh, how Snoop is now. Not, right. not I was so like, much. This? Like, like, he's supposed to be, I was like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, that's not Snoop. Like, um, like especially when they start... Um, uh, again, this is jumping ahead, but when, when they started doing nothing but a G thing, mm-hmm. and uh, like if you think back to the music, have you seen the video? I'm sure I have. Okay, so in the music video, he's a lot more mellow, you know, and right. and when uh, when he's quote unquote freestyling, you know, to the beat of nothing but a G thing, he's like right when they're when they're when he's like he just made that beat, he's like yeah, what you think about this? Is that what you think about? Yeah, like he he's right, already right. kind of like dancing around and stuff. I'm like, well, that's. Not how I remember Snoop, like, earlier on. I mean, just from the music videos. I mean, and I guess interviews, too. You know, he was just, he didn't move that much. He was actually kind of stiff. Um, just a bunch right. it of... Just, it, it just, it, he didn't seem tall enough. He didn't seem lanky enough. Right. He just, it, he just, it just took me out. I was just like, uh. Either he also, like, can do a really good voice impersonation, or it was actually Snoop's voice. Right, yeah. Um, I, yeah, his voice didn't bother me. It was just the, the actor's face, I guess. Yeah. And body, I guess. I guess it's just really. I didn't like it, but yeah, I didn't even know that. You said it was Warren G. That was that was with him, right? So I didn't, um, even, I didn't and, even notice that. So so that's the thing. Warren G. introduced um, Dr. Dre to Snoop, and that 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 started like the whole G Funk era too. You know, with uh, two and three and uh, the you know DPG and all that. So, um, and so this does does this lead into nothing but a G thing when he's yeah, sure. making that beat, but right, um. Right. I the, really, uh, yeah, I really liked that. You know, hearing like the the the, the different melodies before he actually gets it down. So uh, I really liked that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was. It just shows the creative how creative he was. It was amazing. Yeah, he's trying different things. Like that's not it. That's not it. Like oh nope, that's that's it right there. So right. I, I've I've had um you know. Uh, you know, basically it's like a eureka moment, right? Where right. You're like, oh, that that's that's it right there. By so, the way, I got where that came from. Was that Eureka? Yeah. Where? Back to the Future. Uh. Oh, is that not a Back to the Future thing? No. Does it? Does it? Doc Brown say that? No. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> never mind. Eureka. Then. No, he. I thought. I thought he says that. He says, "Great Scott." Oh, Great Scott! Right, right. That's what I'm thinking. Well, if you move the letters around, I'm sure it spells Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> I saved there. I could have okay. swore that was what he, what he said. Right, right, right. Almost the same thing. Um, let's see. So we got the. Okay, so we talked about Sugar and Easy. Um, so basically, the fall of Ruthless. You know, uh, everyone's basically leaving, and um, I, I guess we see that there's like bills that are like years behind or something, or invoices that are behind. And... Right. Also, uh, I I do want to uh, commend them on the the Jimmy Iovine. Uh, actor he looked just like him oh does he okay yeah and that's the guy that goes on to um uh, doesn't he uh work in aftermath interscope well interscope and aftermath are together that's That's right yeah that's what he uh says i'm from interscope right and that's the guy that uh uh, m&m worked with right right okay and i was like god he looks just like him i wonder if it is him 
That'd no, be... it wasn't because the dude now is like old oh, okay. and like bald. But it was like it, he looked just like him to me. Uh, so we briefly talked about Easy and Cube getting back together in the club. So yeah. You know, oh wait, wait, we're in nineteen ninety. Is this nineteen ninety three? I I never wrote the years down. Yeah, because my my only note is nineteen ninety three. The package has arrived because you notice uh, Easy E is starting to cough, and I'm like, well. Right, and he got the package. Ninety three sounds right because this is this is around the time like he found uh, you know signed Bone Thugs also. Too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh okay. So and that's where he mentions it to to Cube. But you're right. Uh, the first sign of the cough. When was it? I, I have it nineteen ninety three. So I'm assuming he's talking to. Uh, oh, when they're yeah, like in the in, in the scene where he's like he's moving out of his house, and oh uh, right. And Jerry's telling him about all the weed, and he's like, right. uh, "Check yourself." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. that was a lot of weed. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, he's like, "You have you have people to do this for you," but I'm just like, "How did he let his bills get that far?" Like, I, I obviously we know Jerry was stealing money, but at at the same point, who was did he have no guys like paying his financial stuff? I I guess you know it. Mm, I I have no idea. I have no idea. Right. Um, but it'd be very interesting to, you know, listen to the commentary, mm. you know, when it comes out on home release. Right. So. My next scene, my, yep. my next note is Easy's going to cry in the car, but I don't even remember what that was about. Oh, that's no, that's when he was driving around uh, late at night, and he saw the, uh, the billboards, Dr. Dre's Chronic, coming out. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I actually listened to that album. The 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 whole album. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, pretty much. Not <laughs> not recently, but right, I right. have before. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm myself on the back for that one, people. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, yeah, I, I feel like he was just just kind of like, look where I am now compared to you know the guys that left me. Like they they, they were right, you know. Right. So. So uh, Dre's, you know, about to release the Chronic. Uh, you know, they mentioned Cube was like in the top twenty or something, like his first album, right? You know, and they hadn't put anything out yet. So um, yeah, everybody was like surpassing Easy at this point, and he's, I, I think it's hitting him, you know. Right, and and then the next note is like, I we we see Dr. Dre and he's at, like at a party or something, and he meets this this one chick, and all I can say is like, what did you think of? During the scene where he's like outside the girl's place, and she and he's like, "Can I come in?" and she's like, "Nah." I was like, "Is he about to rape her?" Because I didn't. Again, I don't really know any history about them, but I'm like, "Why is he getting all rapey?" And then she's like, "Oh, you asked me to move in." I'm like, "Well, they didn't. That didn't make sense because that's not what I got from the whole scene." I'm thinking like they just started talking, and he's he's trying to get the nutsy, but they're like, "No, nah, you." And then she's like, "Oh, you just asked me to move in. That's a big thing." I'm like, "Wait, what?" Did we just skip like eight steps? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I was confused about. I I didn't get the rapey vibe, but um, at first I was all like, okay, you know, they're dating. And then when she talks about, you know, like, oh, you asked me to move in, so I go, okay, so this is a time jump here. Right. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's what I was like. I was like, I'm thinking this is their first date. Yeah. The the only thing um I got from it, and maybe I misread it, but I I just felt that maybe it was showing that uh, Dre was maturing as a man. You know where where he's respecting her decision, right? Like she, you know, she's like, "Hey, I got I got the son who means the world to me," you know, and and he kind of looks down and thinks about it. It's like, yeah, you know, you're right, um, you know, and and he's fine with it. You know, he doesn't like, you know, uh, try to be like, "Come on, come on," you know, let me let me in, you know, n- nothing like that. So that's what I took from it. And again, yeah, he also had that moment where like 
like every you think every guy goes through it, but probably not. But we're like he's gotten so much nootsy to the point where like he's like, okay, I see all these 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 thoughts. I've smashed all I can smash. Now I found that one chick who stands out to them, and he wants to wipe her up. Right. And so that's yeah. So that shows maturity because like there's several parts of where I want to say it was uh, easy and and uh, Jerry talking about like, oh, he's cool. He got all that 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 stray cat around him. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, I guess, but. Mm-hmm. There's also a moment where uh, Easy's like, "Yeah, I'm going to smash something now." And I'm just like, mm. "Yeah." I wonder if that's like, is that if they're talking about what they're they're talking about? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's see. They then we get Tupac. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, ambition as a writer. Oh man, I like that scene. Um, you know, some people actually laughed when it first showed uh, Tupac. And I was like, what, really? what, what's so funny? Yeah. And I was like, maybe they just thought that it looked like too close like him. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought I, the scene, was, maybe they laughed because he was, it was, you knew automatically. Like, there was a, actually some some people behind me. He's like, man, I swear that that, that nigga is Tupac. Like, I was rolling because, like, he <laughs> was like, man, I don't care what nobody say. That's Tupac right there. Maybe so, that's what yeah. it was. Maybe, like, the, the moment of realization, like, hey, that's Tupac. And they just chuckle at that. Right. I guess. But I was just kind of like, what, what's so funny? Yeah. Yeah, I love and uh, what is it? California love. Oh right, yeah, yeah. We got to see that too. And, and you know, just everybody in unison starts just just bobbing their heads to the music in the in the movie theater. Yeah. I uh, actually, that happens like a lot actually in this movie. Was that? Oh, the, oh yeah, the music. Where you're just bobbing your head through like the entire like like even songs I didn't know. I'm like, oh, that's kind of catchy. These yeah. ninjas are pretty. These these ninjas are pretty talented. Well, the, the the songs that you don't recognize, they're probably the ones off the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, like the music, I mean the the movie, it opens up with a, a track called uh, "Talking to My Diary," which is the last track on the album, and I I think that's the, actually, in my opinion, the best song of the album. So uh, it actually opens up and ends with that track. Oh, okay. And and um, like throughout the movie, there was at least two or three. Uh, songs that I I recognize from the album right away, um, right. but yep, they're they're definitely in there too. I, I was surprised because I thought that they were just music, um, like in, like inspired like after the movie's release. But I guess it's music while he was you know that he was making while working on the movie. So, so that's right. how he got into it. And then and then my last note from from the Tupac scene is just like there's a gunshot, and then that's when he has like his disagreement with with Suge, and he's like, man, this nigga's. Re- like crazy out here and like what are they even doing to this bro like why are they even like i never even understood like what they were doing were they just embarrassing him yeah that's what i got too uh i was really confused with with what's going on because there was a whole uh, there was a lot of talk about like west coast and and toasting to dre and all that so i was like is, is this guy from the east coast like why do they keep you know th- mm. throwing dubs and because at first i thought is this like the thing that started the at fir- my first thought was, this, is this like what starts the beef between Tupac and Biggie? But then I was like, no, it's probably not. And then they're just humiliating this dude, this one dude. So I'm just like, oh, okay. And then that that leads to Dr. Dre thinking he's Speed Racer or Racer X or some shit and just starts like speeding around the, the city in his Lamborghini. I was like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. Um that was interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that happened. So that was kind of kind of interesting to see. I'm I'm glad that they didn't beat him, because <laughs> I was expecting that to be honest with you. 
Oh, but it beat his ass. Yeah. For, uh, pulling up. And I'm like, dang, the one time the cops are like not are actually doing their job and like he got an attitude. I'm like, nigga, you was just acting crazy. Right. So it's like if you do nothing, you'll get beat and arrested. But if you do something, you, you just get arrested because he he was speeding, you know, and then when they pull him over, it's it's a it's a nice car. And so, you know, it's a it's a black youth driving it. So I was just like, that's right. it. You're just going to cuff him. But um, yeah, so I was really surprised. I, I thought, he, you know, that maybe he got beat. Yeah, that's my last note for the movie, but uh, I mean, I'm sure we get into the Rodney King stuff. Like I said, uh, Easy has the package now. He's meeting, trying to. He's broke, so he's. It, I love the fact too, where like he's broke, and so like he doesn't want to really let Dre and Cube know how much he's hurting, and so that whole scene where he's talking to Dre on the uh, house phone, and he's like, "Yeah, shit, I'm just chilling." When really, like, his whole thing is like relying on getting this like thing back together. Right. Right. But he doesn't. But he can't. But you know, you can't let let your homie know how how bad you really are struggling. But you, so I thought that was a good a good scene. When uh when when he found out that that he had uh, HIV, um, or that he tested positive, like did did you see Dallas Buyers Club? No. Okay, because um, McConaughey, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Very similar scene where he where he finds out they in in both movies. Spoiler alert, Peter. Uh, oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, Dallas. Yeah, if no one knew Dallas Buyers Club was about you know AIDS and stuff. Um, but yeah, in both movies, they both dropped the you know the F word, the uh, the the gay slur. You know, after finding out that that they have. Oh yeah, like well yeah, that's the what's the um, HBO special Normal Heart where it was like oh I never that's watched where it. it was, oh yeah, because you know how like it's like a couple years ago, like basically HBO had to do like a. Uh, they had that week off between Game of Thrones, and they would show like I think it was Liberace. Oh right, not Liberace. Yeah, it was, was a Liberace? movie about him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then then they did the Normal Heart the next year, and so yeah, I was like, well, there's no Game of Thrones on. I don't have anything to fill, so I watched, I watched it. But yeah, it was like just about the the AIDS epi- epidemic th- running through uh the gay community. Right. So and yeah, I mean that was just like the thing. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yep, it, both movies play, played it the same way, and that's kind of what where Now, that I'm going to be real with you. When mm-hmm. I first heard about Eazy-E, I don't remember where, but there, there when I heard about it, like, because, you know, I don't really listen to music, I heard that it was because he was doing stuff on the low. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I was told when I was younger. I, I never heard of that, but I, I do remember something. Uh, I think there's some lyrics of his, you know, that... Um, uh, that imply that Dr. Dre is, but I think that's just you know just that Dr. Dre is gay, right? But I I think it's just you know just dissing him is, is all that was. Like I remember something like that. I want to say there was actually a scene where Suge is like threatening him, and he I was like, is he saying that he's gonna fuck him? Because there's a part where I was like, uh, like it it seemed like he was saying he was gonna fuck him. You know what? Uh, something when they were beat when they're about to beat his ass in the in the studio when they're like. Can we meet up and talk about this this uh, contract? Now, okay, so um, this is a little off subject, but you said something that just kind of pops into my head. But do you think that Shig was the inspiration for Debo since Ice Cube wrote it? In Friday, uh, he could be. Hmm. But I don't know. Cube never really did. Cube didn't really have uh, interactions with uh, Shug, did he? At least not in the movie. No, I guess you're right. Well, I mean. They, well, they knew him though. Right, right, right. right. They they knew each other, yeah. But they, there was no direct. Um, in, it was not, not that we saw in the movie anyway. Right. He got mind control over Debo. He like <laughs> shut the fuck up. 
And he'd be quiet. When we and leave, I'll be talking, talking again. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll just wrap it up with the um the the hospital right the Easy's finally in a coma, uh, Drake right. comes. That was, it was it was it was rough stuff, man. It was uh it was hard. Like you could uh, like imagine how upset his girl was. So do you know if she if she had it or not? If she was clean? I don't ever recall seeing anything that she had it because I mean um his son was also born and I don't remember like any article saying if his son had it either. Right. So as as far as I know, I think the mother and son are both clean. So that that's that's a, a blessing, yeah. and yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was hard. And so I read something on Wikipedia that uh, DJ Yellow was not the only one that went to the funeral. So I wonder if this actual hap- if this hospital stuff actually happened, or if it's just like to make them look good. Hmm, that'd be really interesting. But I'm still curious, like what. What was the whole tape? Like, why are you introducing this tape um, of Bone Thugs? You know, like, that was just really weird to me. Because I thought it was just like, uh, hey, like, the music is still going. You're gonna, your legacy is going to live on through, even though you, this is, this is gonna, your, your life is ending, your legacy isn't. That's what I kind of got from it. Yeah, because, I mean, after, after his death, um, I mean, that, that song was a huge hit, you know, because that was, oh, okay. you know, because he was on it, you know, and, and then obviously the the famous crossroads where they, they have the image of Easy E in there too. Oh, is he in that? Yeah. Um, you know how many, I've seen that video so many times that I never do that. Yeah, he he's just walking by uh, by the. It, it's a scene where like everybody's walking on that mountain or whatever, and he just he just happens to to pass by and nods his head. Oh wow! wow. I didn't even pay attention to that. And so is it? Wait, is that song about him? I don't even remember what the song well, is. Yeah, about, they, they they mention his name, but uh, oh, okay. it, they um they released a song called Crossroads, and then when he died, they remixed it and called The Crossroads, and it's a completely different song. Oh, okay. So there's two versions of Crossroads. Yeah, I had that one with um, I don't even remember, but I just remember I used to watch it like all the time. Like, oh, uh, I had like the I had recorded it somehow on like uh a tape. I used to love that video. Though. I did that too. <laughs> Just off, wasn't there like a show called like The Basement, where they always play like? Um... Is, that, is that with Big Tigger? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that his show? I think so. Okay. But again, you know, I only I only started listening to music in 2003. So See, by that time, he was probably already off. I don't know. Anyway, no, he was all he was Big he Tigger was, was on. all back then. Okay. I just remember that because he looks like my pastor. Oh, does he? And I'm like, at, like I'm like pastor. You know, you look like uh, Big Tigger, right? He's like, yeah, I get that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I just was really wondering if if this if this really happened or if this was just like uh, for the, the movie, because I don't know. It was interesting that when I read that on Wikipedia, you know how reliable Wikipedia is, but it said that like DJ Yo was the only one that went to the funeral. So was it just too hard for them to go, or they just? That's what I'm just confused about. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not saying that you should know any answer. I'm just saying, right, right, right. I just did this to make them look good. Right, rhetorical question. Yeah, you know, but remember, you know, you got Dre and Cube, you know, that are producing the movie, so they're like, yeah, you know, put it. Yeah, in, I'm like, hey, I don't want to seem like an asshole that I didn't go to this dude's funeral. So well, they like put it in there that hey, like I was really, I was at the hospital and I was tore up and I couldn't see it, like because that, that. To be fair, that could happen where like you, you were so tore up about it that you couldn't see him put in the casket that could happen i just am me being the skeptic the skeptic in me is like uh they just probably were just like i don't feel like going but that's just me yeah that could have been it but you know if if they didn't go we wouldn't get that shot of them 
you know, walking away side by side, you know, like the reverse shot of the, the poster, I guess. Oh, I don't even remember that. You know what I'm talking Well, you know, they're all walking side by side, just just like how they are in the poster, but facing right. the camera. But in the funeral scene, they're, they're walking away from the camera. So you see their backside. Oh, okay. I have to pay attention to that next time I see it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any message, but I think it's just like, you know, to show us that shot, I guess, the purpose of the shot. I don't know. Right. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I, yeah. I just remember I, uh, the little interludes at the end where they're showing like uh, Cube and all his stuff with Friday. Still a great movie, one of right. the best of all time. That was funny. Doctor Dre and his uh, Beats by Dre. I don't remember. Did they show? They didn't show uh, the other ninjas in there and their stuff, did they? Yeah, but I I don't think they did much other other than this. I did read that that MC Ren guy had a couple platinum albums. Did he? Yeah, I I only heard that one single. You know, uh, ruthless. Well, apparently he was selling. He was out here selling records. Like he was, cause like I, I'll be honest with you. Like uh, in the stuff where they're in the studio, I was like, this nigga can spit. Like I really, I really thought uh, some of his was better than Cube stuff. Like uh, earlier on, but yeah. yeah like, I mean, obviously, like I'm more partial to him because I know who he is and right. stuff about him. But yeah, I was like, man, that like I was like, okay, he. I see what he's working with. Like he was, he was pretty good. You know, I I also read that um, th- there was one point in the movie that they were gonna show Dre meeting Eminem, but I don't think we need that. Yeah, <laughs> that know, because necessary. it's about N.W.A. Like, why? Like, I I know that that's part of Dre's you know life, and you know we 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 get the the live footage later on anyway, and I think that's fine. So yeah, I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm glad yeah, they scratched that, that idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess that's it, uh, man. Just, wait, didn't didn't wait? Did Fifty find Eminem? Didn't Fifty find Eminem? No, the other way around. Oh wait, oh Eminem found Fifty. Okay, yeah, right, 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 right. Because because that's when um he did Wangsta for the Eight Mile soundtrack. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, it's a good talk. I definitely want to watch the movie again. I right. Um, I love. I love. I love. Thank you for having me again, Peter. I always oh, love doing. No problem. Doing you know. I appreciate you coming on. Um, and for those that don't know, how can they find you? Uh, the shows that you've done, TV shows you've covered, uh, all that good stuff. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, well, uh, I have my own show with my two of my other cousins called the Liquor Run Podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, we cover The Walking Dead. Fear. We'll, we'll be covering Fear of the Walking Dead, which starts in was it next week or week after next? Two weeks or something like that and game of thrones and so it's 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 a really funny show uh it's mostly me making jokes and my cousins being embarrassed that i'm that i'm making said jokes <laughs> but it's, it's it's pretty funny so you should you should give us a listen if you enjoy me yeah i like, I, I made a couple appearances right right P, uh peter was on uh our daredevil series which we're, we're still doing by the way everybody we just had, had a little break and were you were you just on two Daredevil episodes? Yeah, and then the the, the lost episode. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> right. And we we did a, a Back to the Future episode, which which is still it's still coming. Uh, but yeah, that was a good that was a good show. So that's, that's yeah. one of those myths, like, like <laughs> right, right, right. Like it exists. Some people right. heard it and, and then right, it disappeared. Right. <laughs> it's 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 whispered about in in the deep uh, in the spaces. In the yeah, like like you heard that. You heard that liquor run uh Lost Tape. Back to the Future episode. Right, yeah, right, right. right. 
So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. We we have a we have a good time. So check us out if you uh if you haven't heard us. And and also you were on uh uh Unspoiled podcast. Oh right, right, right. That, damn Peter, you know my shit better than I do. Big and, fan, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Like I'm likewise. But uh yeah, I did Empire Unspoiled with Natasha and Anton, who you've had on a couple of times. That that was fun. Uh we did the whole season one of Empire. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty fun. So yeah, check those out too if you like Empire. Oh, and we'll also be covering M- Empire on the Liquor Run in the fall too with me, M, and the females, JC. Right. So look yeah. forward to that. And uh, uh, Twitter, you want to give that one out? Ah, yes. Uh, we're at the Liquor Run podcast on Twitter, or at the Liquor Run. I'm sorry. And you can find me at Devin Lamar with two R's on Twitter. So yeah. Okay. And like us on Facebook, too, the Liquor Run Podcast. Yes, and I'll be sure to add all of those in the show notes, too, so that way it's uh, uh, easily accessible for uh, any anybody that wants to follow that. Um, but, yeah, definitely check out those shows. Uh, right. and, and, again, at this point, I will go ahead and play um, the clip from Chris, a.k.a. Animal Brown, from the On Deck TV podcast, which is a hip-hop podcast. He's going to run down his uh, top ten hood movies, and then um, you'll hear a part two discussion of him and I, basically, uh, again, going through hip-hop music, uh, the review of the Compton uh, soundtrack, and then uh, we talk more about hip-hop rap and uh, hood movies at the end of that. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's it. Peace. Hey, what's going on, people, man? It's Animal Brown checking in from the On Deck TV Hip-Hop Podcast. Big, big weekend, man. Straight out of Compton is in theaters as we speak. The story of NWA, it is shaping up to be a hood classic. Now, whether it ends up being that, only time will tell. But uh, in commemoration with that, I might as well do my top 10 hip-hop movies of all time. It's only right. Now, before we get started, I got a couple of honorable mentions that just barely missed the cut. Let me tell you why. First, we got Scarface. Now, of course, Scarface is a classic film. Scenes, dialogue, the whole nine, it's got everything that you needed in a movie. Except there's not one black person in the whole movie. Have you noticed that? Did you peep that? I peeped that. So I can't make it a top ten hood movie of all time with no black people. That just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Second, I've got for my honorable mention, I've got Above the Rim. Now, of course, it's a great movie. Uh, But I already have a Tupac-featured film in my top ten. I didn't want to do two. I didn't want to overdo it. So sorry above the rim. It didn't make the cut. And finally, I've got Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Now, okay, I know what you're saying. That's a parody film of other hood classics. It is, but it's a classic in its own right, too, because it was funny as hell. But I got more serious films in the top ten list, and I've got one comedy already. I didn't want to... I didn't want to milk it with more than that, but Don't Be a Menace is obviously a great film. All right, so let's get started. My top 10 hood movies of all time. Number 10, I've got on about it. Master P, the rapper, the No Limit Records, was the first rapper to drop a movie straight to VHS and it make this huge of an impact. It started the wave of rappers becoming entrepreneurs and directing and writing their own movies. Now, of course, there's other movies out there that are technically better than I'm about it, but had nowhere near the impact as this film did. 
If you guys haven't seen it, it may not hold up as well in 2015 as it did when it came out in 97. But it's just one of those things that capitalized off the movement that they had and just made sense, made a lot more sense back then in 97 because it's been copied so many times since and done a little bit better since. But that's okay. It's nothing like being the first. All right. Number nine, got set it off. Of course, all female lead cast. Uh, of course, the director, F. Gary Gray, is also the man behind the lens uh, on this N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton movie. Classic movie. Still holds up well to this day. If you've never seen it, it's okay. You can turn on BET right now. It's probably on. Uh, number eight, Baby Boy. Another BET favorite. <laughs> uh, Baby Boy, this is a little bit of a controversial pick. I feel like it's a classic because of the characters. You had Tyrese as Jody. A lot of people didn't like him as the character, especially when they found out that Tupac was originally supposed to play the role until, of course, he passed away. Uh, you've got Ving Rhames in his role. He's got several classic lines. The soundtrack is amazing. The score was amazing. Uh, that movie is a classic. Do not watch it on BET if you've never seen it. It will ruin it for you. Go to Netflix and check it out, Baby Boy, at number eight. Now, number seven. You can't have a top 10 hood movie list without a Spike Lee joint in it. I've got Do the Right Thing in number seven. Like, come on, man. You got Mookie, played by Spike Lee himself. You got Radio Raheem, classic characters. Why they have to choke Radio Raheem out like that, man? Why they had to do that? Huh? That's why it's so important. It's relevant to this day. They talked about race relations, police brutality, and also sneaker culture with the Jordans. You know, watch out, man. When you meet me, dap me up. Say hi, just don't step on my J's, man. That's all I ask. All right, man, number six. I told you I had a comedy on the list. Friday, without question, <laughs> is a classic movie. Hood classic for sure. Craig, Smokey. I know people that know this movie word for word by heart. Had to put it on the list, man. Watch out for Debo, though. Watch out for him. All right, number five. I told you I had a Pac movie on here. Obviously, it's Juice. Who can forget Tupac's portrayal as the crazy bishop? And uh, a young Omar Epps as Q, classic film. This really birthed Tupac's acting career. He went on to do several other films, uh, Poetic Justice, things of that nature, of course, above the realm. But this one right here kicked it off. Uh, number four, got paid in full. This is the most recent hood classic and probably the last one. This came out in 2002. It starred rapper Cameron, Wood Harris, and Makai Pfeiffer. They were playing the true story of real-life Harlem hustlers, Alpo, Rich, and AZ. Uh, this is a must-see. Uh, Dame Dash, Rockefeller Records, Dame Dash uh, direct. Well, he did a little bit of directing it. He may have put the money up for it. He did more producing than directing, but... He was behind it. It's a real good movie, man. It was Last of a Dying Breed, man. This was the last good hood movie, man, 2002. All right, now, number three, New Jack City. Man, come on now, Wesley Snipes, Ice T, Nino Brown. Who can forget? He put the Carter on way before Lil Wayne, way before Jay-Z. It was Nino Brown. Several elements and scenes from this film have been duplicated a million times since. Uh, it's a classic in every sense of the word. Now, these top two are interchangeable. I can, you can you can flip-flop these back and forth depending on what day of the week it is. Number two, I'm going to go ahead and put Boys in the Hood at number two. 
classic, classic, classic film. John Singleton directed it, burst it on the scene. He killed it. Who can forget Doughboy, Ice Cube, who, of course, is being portrayed in Straight Outta Compton by his son. Um, and then, of course, we all know what happened at the end with Ricky, man. It hurts my heart every time I see it as if I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> but that's a classic. Could have easily been number one. But instead, today, I'm going to go with Minister Society as number one. Uh, it showed the gritty street life, man, like no other film had done before. Um, he's probably the most memorable character in a hood movie is Lorenz Tate portrayal of Old Dog. He was insane. <laughs> Something was clearly wrong with him, but he killed that role. That's, if you've never seen Menace to Society, there's a couple of movies maybe on this list that you didn't see. You start with Menace and you go from there. Ten classic films right there. There you have it. Uh, of course, NWA, Straight Outta Compton, is out right now. Maybe one day this will make the list. It may push something out. You never know. Until then, it's Animal Brown checking in from the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast. Peace. Thank you, Chris, for joining me today. Hey, man, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, can you, um, for listeners that aren't familiar with your show, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Absolutely, man. Um, the On Deck TV Podcast is basically a, a weekly, uh, uncensored look at the world of hip-hop. Uh, me and my co-host, Spike Lou, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. And the show is basically split up into two parts. Uh, the first half is just a recap of the notable events from the past week. Uh, we do that for the people who kind of, they want to know what's going on in hip-hop, but they don't have time to read blog sites all day. Uh, we try to mix in a little bit of humor to go with it, too, to kind of keep it interesting. Uh, I like to say that if there's an article on a blog site, I consider us the comment section. Uh, we continue the conversation just, you know, past the headline. Um, and then the second half of the show, we'll take the biggest headline from the week and form an original topic around it. Or we'll get a guest interview from somebody that's in the industry, like an artist, a producer, or a DJ, or somebody like that. Yeah, it's basically your number one source for hip-hop information. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I recently checked out the, the episode about the, um, the diss tracks. You know, um, the big topic, obviously, was uh, Drake versus uh, Meek Mill. And I, yeah. I believe you guys had a guest on that one, too, like a DJ. Yes, uh, that's a DJ Money Green Money from Green. my hometown of Nashville. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, definitely give a listen uh, for the hip hop. I already subscribed. Uh, I went back and Thank just you. yeah, no problem. Um, I, I took a look at some of those titles and I definitely got some topics that I'm going to be interested in because you know I, I grew up on hip hop and such too. And I think one of the ones that uh, uh, piqued my interest was uh, Bad Boys. Where are they now? You know, uh, oh, yes. I, I think it was yeah one of the earlier episodes, perhaps. But um, yeah, I definitely want to go back and check some of those out. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so let's start uh, talking uh, a little about a little bit about um, some of the you know artists that we grew up listening to. And yeah. since you're my guest, why don't you go ahead just spout out some some artists that you listen to? Uh, man, no problem. Um, growing up, man, coming from Nashville, Tennessee, man. Uh, Obviously, it's in the South, so I was heavily influenced by Outkast, uh, Master P, Three Six Mafia. Uh, I know my co-host, Spike Lou, who has also been a friend of mine for 15 years. He was um, He's big on UGK, Scarface, uh, things like that. So 
that's what we were heavy into growing up. And then we kind of finally spread our wings and listened to some Midwest music like Bone, uh, a little bit of Emin- early Eminem, uh, even spread to the West Coast with, of course, Snoop and Dre, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Pop. Um, and then we finally, I think East Coast, we might have got on the East Coast around 98, 99. Uh, Nas and Jay-Z were the main culprits of getting us on that. And, of course, DMX. So um, we're all over the map after a while, but it, it started in the South. That's where the love for the music grew from. Yeah, that's a solid list. Uh, Three Six Mafia, I uh, I came on board when they did Late Night Tip. And oh, nice. Yeah, that was that was the summer where I was all about that song. And I, I remember the video, too, where they were, like, all in black. And, and like, all you see yep. is, like, just them because they're also, like, behind yeah. a back uh, a black background. Um, but yeah. But that was my jam, you know, for one summer. Uh, matter, matter of fact, me and my friend, we uh, recorded a song called Drink It Up to the sped up version of Late Night Tips Instrumental. Um, nice. And it was it was kind of one of those anthem songs that we would play at, you know, uh, uh, of course, only amongst the fellas, just because we were a little of embarrassed. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a song that, like, uh, you know, we're out with the guys, like, hey, throw on Drink It Up, because that's, you know, as the title uh, insinuates, it's it's about <laughs> drinking. Um, so, right. yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was big on 3-6. Um, I I had that album. I forget the title, but that's when I think that was Chapter Two. Chapter um, Two. You're right. And Coop Coopsta yeah. Coopsta Nicka was one. Yep. Um, yep. Crunchy Black. Gangsta Boo. Crunchy Crunchy Black. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and Lord. Lord Infamous. Lord Infamous. Yeah. And yep. uh, I liked his line. I liked his verse the best because it was hard to memorize because like some parts didn't rhyme. You know. Um, yep. I, I like the way you compiled your list, how you started in different regions, because I, I kind of came that way, too. I think, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being on the West Coast, I, I grew up listening to mostly West Coast stuff, you know, Bay Area stuff, Richie Rich, Rapping Forte. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, Ice Cube, like you mentioned, Dre. Um, and then I think I went East Coast first um, mm-hmm. by by time timeline. And so, you know, Puff Daddy, uh, The Locks. Um, yeah, because at, mm. at the time he went by Puff Daddy, right? So, uh, right. <laughs> Locks, Mace, um, uh, let me see. And obviously, I'm a huge Bone fan. That's that's my group, hands down. So I was all yeah. about Bone um, and Do or Die, just because they were very similar. Um, Absolutely. Warren G, still West Coast. LL Cool J, obviously. Uh, Twista. Um, yep. And then Busta Rhymes, can't forget him. A mm. uh, little bit of Mob Deep. And then the South, I came uh, a little bit slower on, and that was a little bit more, I want to say half through my high school uh, years, you know, when No Limit was coming up. Um, And Mm -hmm. I started listening to uh, uh, Juvenile. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, everybody in No Limit, because they had that gimmick, you know, where every album was a new color. Exactly. Yeah, yes. that's how they got you. <laughs> that's how they got you, and that's that's uh, me yeah. and my friends. We would all take turns like buying the, the next color, you know. Uh, <laughs> even even Mama Mia, which I wasn't a fan of at all, but you know, we we yep. you know between all of us, we had all the colors. Uh, Mystical, you know, um, yep. Nelly, um, you know, all that. And so, but currently, okay, mm-hmm. so so we went into like some of the people we grew up listening. Oh, Luda, you know, um, absolutely. But now, who? Even old school artists, like if they came out with new material, would excite you. 
Um, my list isn't so sexy because they, they're basically who's kind of big now, but I threw in some yeah. older people too that like, yeah, they haven't done anything, but I think they would still excite me. You know, for example, mm -hmm. you know, I said Nelly last, but Nelly would still mm -hmm. excite me, you know, even though mm -hmm. he's still kind of, kind of out of the picture, but what, um, go ahead and give your list first. Um, if someone is a little bit older, I'd probably say I'm still a huge, I guess Jay-Z will be considered that. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. I'm a big Jay and Kanye fan, even though I guess Kanye, you could consider still his prime, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, but I am all over the place now. If you get in my car right now, you don't, you, you'll never know what year it is. Uh, right, right. I listen. I listen to a lot of up to date stuff like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Uh, but then again, I take it back sometimes. You, you might hear three six late night tip <laughs> in my car. <laughs> nice. Um, you never know, man. You never know. Yeah, for me, um, uh, you know, I I have friends that aren't. This isn't a popular opinion, but uh, Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. I I like her music. Oh, okay. She's, she's got a lot of nice beats. Um, yeah. you know, you already said Kanye. I'm a huge Kanye fan. I don't care about his, uh, you know, how he is as a person. I love his music. Right. Um, probably one of my, one of, I would say my top, one of my top three concerts was Kanye. Um, I want to say, one? um, it's the one the where he, is? no, no, before that it, it, it had like, uh, N-E-R-D, uh, it had Rihanna. Uh, the Glow in the Dark? Yes. Glow in the Dark tour. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I heard that was nice. It was, it was really, uh, I had a good time. Um, um, that was, so that would be my, maybe number three, my number two concert would be um, Anger Management 3 Tour. You know, mm. so you had Eminem, G-Unit, Lil Jon, um, I think mm. Pitbull might have been there. Uh, and then my number one would be Jay-Z, uh, what tour was it? It was when he came out with, um, what was it, The Blueprint 3? Uh, okay. Is that the one okay. with, with the the white cover with the uh, red flag? I want to say. Yes, with the instruments in the background. Right, right. That's Blueprint yeah, Three, it. right? Yep. It's been a few years, so um, so that that was probably our our favorite concert, me and my friends. So, but Jay Z still in the mix for me. I agree with that. Uh, Eminem still excites me. Uh, Fifty Cent, mm -hmm. say what you will, but <laughs> I <laughs> my favorite album, you know, is uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. So um, I can't argue with that. Yeah, still one of my favorite albums of all time, and so uh, because of that, I, I would still listen to anything he says. But you, you, you named it already. Um, Kendrick Lamar, I'm a huge fan yep. of uh, his song "Money Trees." That's the instrumental I use for my intro. Um, yes, yes. Uh, J Cole, huge fan of J Cole. Um, Two Chains, you know, I knew him when he was Titty oh, Boy. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, uh, yep. Ti, obviously. Um, yep. uh, Missy Elliott. I, I threw her in here Ooh. because of her um, guest appearance on the Super Bowl, you know, where she came out of nowhere and like a bunch of her tracks went went back on iTunes, you know, and <laughs> so it was, that was a nice throwback. Like, man, you know, the world yeah, can use a little bit more Missy that. again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I said Nelly, Common still excites me. Obviously Drake, because we've been waiting for like 15, 16 years. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and and Drake to a certain extent. So, um cool. Yeah. So the, yeah. Nice yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, you, um, I, I really enjoyed yours too. Uh, and especially like, you know, it's funny for you to say that, uh, you, who knows, you still might hear late night tip in your car because <laughs> I, I have a lot of throwback songs on, on um, I got, it's like Selly Cell. I don't know if you remember him. 
Absolutely, it's going down tonight. Yes, yes, and my yeah. favorite was the remix. Uh, hands down, nice. the remix was the best. Um, same thing with the uh, Five on It remix. You know, just oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that was that was a uh, that was another thing. I was really huge into remixes too, um, because mm. it was just it was just nice to hear like collaborations. Be like, oh man, they they did a track together. Because yeah, you, you don't do that too it, much anymore. Now now it's like within the the label. I I think. Yeah, it's a lot of politics behind yeah. um, behind who gets on the remixes. And another thing, they don't really switch up the beat anymore mm-hmm. on remixes. Sometimes it's the same beat, and sometimes they, the original artist keeps the same verse. I think that's kind of whack. I like oh, it right. when they switch up the beat a little bit yeah, and yeah. Uh, give you a new verse. Right, right. Yeah, see, like Sally Sells going down tonight remix, he, uh, same beat, but I think all his verses were completely different. And um, okay, yeah, even the chorus that he he added, "Ride with your folks, go and yeah. tonight." So so that was nice too. Like, well, he even changed up the chorus a little bit. So still one yeah. of my favorite remixes of all time. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about um, uh, Compton, the basically the the soundtrack by Dr. Dre. The reason you are on um, um, appearing on the show today. Now, I I think they dropped the bomb on like August first, right? Just a little over a week ago. That, yeah, Ice Cube, I think, let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, and uh, I think that was um, on, let's see here, it was on Power 99 FM. Uh, so he was doing an interview, and he, I guess he announced it. Um, but I think later on that day or something that Dr. Dre might have announced it as well, since it's already mm-hmm. out. But apparently he was inspired, um, you know, through the production of the movie, to go ahead and do something and it's unfortunate that we you know it had to come to the movie like okay well maybe the movie came out sooner maybe we could have got detox i don't know right. <laughs> you know so right. what, what could have been um but how do you what are your initial thoughts about the uh about the album how, how many times have you listened to it so far i I've, it's i'm gonna be honest it's been on repeat since it drops i listened to it late thursday night when it was streaming on apple music mm-hmm. and um but I, I've got to preface this going into it. I kind of had low expectations. Like I know, I know Dr. Dre is a legend. Clearly, um, you know he's responsible for some of the biggest acts in rap history. Mm-hmm. But um, I was kind of over the whole detox coming soon thing. Like that kind of was wearing thin on me. And even though he's remained relevant, pushing artists like Fifty Cent and Kendrick Lamar. Um, and of course, raking in billions of dollars in headphones, um, he's kind of fell back in regards to putting out music. So I didn't really know if he still had it or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say I was pleasantly surprised with, with this album, though. <laughs> uh, the production is ridiculous. Um, yeah. It sounds like a score to me. Um, and as cliche as it may sound, listening to it in Beats headphones <laughs> just amplified everything. You know what I mean? And he had his hand on every song in terms of production-wise. I, I was impressed. I'm going to be honest. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, for, for me, when I heard it was coming out, I was, I was really excited. And then when I found out it wasn't the detox, I go, oh, okay, so is it just like the soundtrack? And so right. I kind of read into it a little bit more, and I was like, oh, okay, so these are new songs. I go, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that it's um, mu- music inspired by the movie, you know, so yep. w- one of those things. But I, I, I agree with you. I completely appreciate that he had a hand in every single thing. I did 
uh, look at the production on every track, and uh, Dr. Dre did produce um, every single one of them. I was a little surprised because yep. I thought I thought there was one that Eminem did too, and you know we'll we'll get to it. Um, okay. My initial thoughts, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, can't say I loved it yet. I think it needs to grow on me a little bit more. Um, cool. I've I've listened to it four times, and I bought the album on Friday, and I was able to get in um, two and a half listens uh while working and then um and then i finished up the album yesterday and then i listened to it uh one more again and then uh and then i skimmed through so yeah i didn't listen to it in its entirety the just this last time but i i went through each track to compile mm -hmm. this list that you know we're going to go over uh in a little bit while we go through uh the track listing of this um but maybe we'll kind of save like uh like a rating until after we go through uh some of the tracks of the album Okay. Okay. Uh, so the number one, uh, number one track is intro. Uh, I don't think we need to really touch on anything uh, there. But track two, talk about it, um, featuring yeah. King Mez and Justice. Are you are you familiar with any of those artists at all? I am. I am not familiar with any of those two people. Actually, that's one thing about the album. It contained a lot of people that I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's kind of hard to decipher who's who when you're listening to it because you don't know who they are. Right, uh, and and then Dre kind of sounds a little different too. So on some of these tracks, I was like, "Is that Dre?" Or uh, okay, all right. And you kind of figure that out after a while. You hear the voice tone, but no, I'm not familiar with those two. Are you? Do you have you heard of them? I haven't. Um, I'm, I was a little surprised myself because the ones I didn't recognize, I did try to go pull up, you know, to see where they're from. Because I was assuming most of them going to be from uh, Compton or somewhere from the general area at least. But mm -hmm. let's see here. I have. Uh, King Mez, he's actually from North Carolina. Uh, he had oh, previously wow. uh, collaborated with like J. Cole. Um, I couldn't, mm. I couldn't find a label he was connected with, but uh, that's King Mez. And Justice, he's from Dallas, and he's also signed to Aftermath. Oh yeah, okay, I remember him. I think yeah. that happened about not too long ago, a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah, so Justice, at least he's signed to Aftermath. But I, you tell me those names, uh, I couldn't tell you who they are at all. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Uh, Genocide, track number three, featuring Kendrick Lamar, uh, Marsha mm -hmm. Ambrosius, and Candice, uh, looks like it's pronounced Pele, but obviously Kendrick mm -hmm. Lamar, you know, he's from uh, Compton, uh, signed with Aftermath. Now, Marsha Ambrosius, she's from um, England, actually, and she used mm -hmm. to be part of yep. Flowwood Tree, so if anyone remembers them from the late 90s. Um, yep. And let's see here. I'm um, a huge Marsha fan. Aria, okay. I love her voice. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, uh, now that I think about it, talk about it. Um, that I, I that's one of my honorable mentions. So, uh, okay. so that one I like. I, it just I I like the way the beat kicks uh, in the car. <laughs> you know, with the speakers. Nice. Uh, but that's it. So just honorable mention. Um, number mm. number four. It's all on me. Uh, again, justice. And now this one features uh, B J. The uh, the Chicago kid. You want to guess where he's from? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've actually heard of him. He's oh, have you? He's an R&B out of Chicago. I have. Yeah, he's oh, pretty nice. He's got a nice okay. voice. He signed with Motown. So that was mm -hmm. surprising. So, uh, And he was the only one from Motown. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm glad they're still kind of doing something, but I didn't know they were still relevant, Motown. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's a good song, though. It is. It's all like on me. That. 
Yeah, it's uh, actually it's all on me. Um, that is one of my songs right there. Uh, I I like nice. it because it's a little bit more mellow and um, just kind of one of those songs you can sing along with. Okay, number five, All in a Day's Work, uh, featuring Anderson Pock uh, and Marsha Ambrosius again from Floetry. Um, Anderson Pock, familiar familiar with him at all? I'm not, but I heard I need to go look up some of his stuff because supposedly it's really good. Oh okay. Uh I guess he's a uh he's he's a mixed a biracial black and Korean. Um looks like mm. he's a singer and a drummer uh, from Oxnard uh Oxnard or Oxnard, California and he's signed with a Hellfire Club which I've never heard of. Me neither. Okay. Uh so that was number 5. Number 6 is Dark Side/Gone. And I was kind of mm. like why is there a slash but yeah it's a it's a, I guess it's a um it's uh it samples mm. spirits of ancient G- Egypt by the wings um which oh, wow. I think that's Paul McCartney's group right I believe so Yeah that sounds right <laughs> I, I mean right, I, right. I listen to that? the Beatles but uh, you know nothing after that but um <laughs> yeah Dark Side Gone that that's a good one actually um is that one of my five it is and that's the one where um they they talk a little bit about Easy too, and I think they they drop yeah. a line um, of Easy uh, from a previous song. So that yeah, that that's one of my good. favorites too. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, um, I love the pianos in the second part. Sounds great. Yeah. So King Mez, uh, we already touched on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Marsha Ambrosius again, and Kendrick Lamar. So and I mm-hmm. I, I like the way Kendrick Lamar uh, com- comes off on that one. It definitely <laughs> definitely. Loose Cannons number seven. Now this one's got uh, Exhibit, Cold One Eight Seven Um, and Sly Piper. Um, Exhibit, I'm sure everyone remembers from um, uh, what, Pimp, Pimp, Pimp My Ride. Pimp My Ride. Okay, yep. that almost didn't sound right, man. It's been so long. <laughs> so everyone remembers him from that. Uh, uh, Cold One Eight Seven Um. Does that ring a bell? I've seen the name, but I like I couldn't. If he knocked on my door right now, I wouldn't know that was him. But I've okay. heard the name before. He. Uh, was part of Above the Law. Mm, okay, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago, and um, used to be signed to Ruthless and Tommy Boy, which that one was really? Coolio's group, right, Tommy Boy? Uh, was that Coolio? I think so. Was uh, it? I, I know, I think Coolio was part of Tommy Boy. It's It's been a long time, so... Um, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> so I didn't recognize Cold187 um by his name, but uh, I kind of looked it up because I was curious, but I guess he's the nephew of Willie Hutch, who was the singer. Oh, wow. Um, you know Willie Hutch? Yeah, man. Three Six Mafia has sampled him a oh, hundred okay. times. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he... Uh, He's nice. Um, regular listeners of my show may recognize um, his song, was it the, the Glow or The Last Glow from The Last Dragon soundtrack? You know, he, mm. yeah, he did one of the tracks on there. Uh, might, I might have gotten the title wrong, but... But you know, I, I do know for sure he did one of the tracks. So he's the nephew of that uh, that artist. Wow. Uh, Sly Piper, never heard of him. Um, and the Me only neither. thing I gathered, he, I, th- I think he's maybe more of a producer. Um, mm-hmm. But that's it. But if you just type in his name, like you'll you'll get links to like you know some of these Dre songs and like uh, co-productions of. So um, so that's Loose Cannons. Uh, that was an interesting song too because the beat changes with each verse so mm-hmm. that was interesting if you go back and check it out it's three different beats for each person's verse it's pretty neat for loose cannons 
Yeah, um, the Exhibit's beat is one thing, Dre's beat is another, and Cole 187's beat is another. They're all three different beats. Hmm. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen that again. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah, Exhibit was uh, with Loud, and I, I remember them. Mm. They were, I, th- I thought they were more East Coast, weren't they? I thought so, too. I think Loud was home with Mob Deep, too, at one point. Yeah, because I, I think uh, Fat Joe was part of Loud also. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, Exhibit's from Detroit. That one, I think I thought I knew, but I thought he was from Cali, but... Um, uh, that's news to me. I thought he was from Cali. Yeah, yeah, he's from Detroit, see? <laughs> because I, I always associated him with, uh, you know, the West Coast rappers, the, the California rappers. Number eight, Issues, uh, featuring Ice Cube, Anderson Pac again, and Dem Joints. Um, I, I actually thought... I actually thought one of them guys was uh, uh was also from NWA, so uh, I guess I was wrong on that. Um, mm. But issues, I, I kind of like uh, hearing Ice Cube back on a track. I did too. I did too. This is one of my songs as well. I enjoyed this one. Okay, and that's issues um, number nine. Uh, Deep Water. Let me see. I thought I put Deep Water down. I guess I didn't. But um, that one's Kendrick Lamar. Justice again and Anderson Pac. So yeah, he's been using a, a lot of the same people. So that's kind of nice too. That it's not like someone different every time. It's pretty consistent right. here with uh, who who he um, puts out with. Uh, one shot, one kill. This one is one of my uh, honorable mentions. Um, performed mm-hmm. by John Connor, not to be mistaken with the, uh, <laughs> the character <laughs> from Terminator. Uh, right. and also featuring Snoop Dogg. Um, so let's see, John Connor. I. Let's see, he's from Flint, Flint, oh, yep, Michigan. Yep, Flint, yep. Michigan, signed with Aftermath. So you're familiar with him? I am. He's nice. He was on the freshman, the double XL freshman class, I believe, a year or two ago. He's pretty nice. Um, oh, okay. He's signed with Aftermath. I'm still waiting for him to come out with his own material. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a series of mixtapes that are pretty good. He raps over old beats. They're pretty nice. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I'll definitely check him out then. I enjoy good uh, mixtapes. Okay. So uh, Snoop, uh, I I like him in this one, and if I'm not mistaken, like it almost didn't sound like him uh, opening up, right. or, or is that later on? Nope, nope, it's, it's this song. It uh, I think this is the one where I thought it might have been produced by Eminem um, to find out mm. it wasn't, and like the way Snoop came off, I was like, is that Eminem? And no, I was like, no, that's not Eminem. I was like, is that DJ Quick? And then I looked down right. at, at my phone. I was like, Snoop Dogg. I was like, that didn't sound like Snoop at all. Uh, but it's one of my honorable mentions. Um, yeah. You have any other thoughts on that one? Uh, no, Snoop. I, I like Snoop. Um, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's probably the most recognizable rapper of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just glad. That it's interesting to see how far he's come and that he's still doing this thing. So, oh, yeah. so deep in the game, man. Oh, yeah. And I didn't put a label down because pick one, right? <laughs> Dog right, exactly. No Limit. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised he never signed with like Bad Boy when they were still hot. But um, right, right, he's on a few. Let's see, number eleven, just another day. Uh, that one's got mm-hmm. the game and Asia Bryant. Uh, the game, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Compton, G Unit, uh, Aftermath. Uh, but Asia Bryant, that's new to me. Me too. Okay. Um, I'm oh, not familiar with her. Uh, back to Snoop real quick. I just want to throw it out. I think we all know, mm-hmm. but uh, LBC, right, Long Beach. So. Most definitely. Yeah, because you know, in case we get any Long Beach um, listeners, I don't want them to get offended. I didn't drop that. So, uh, two one three, shout out to two one three. <laughs> um, number twelve. I'm a little biased with this one. For the love of money, 
Okay, so I already know why. Yeah, yeah, featuring Jill Scott, uh, John Connor, Anderson Park. So everyone uh, who I mentioned, but Jill Scott, obviously, that's the the newer name. Uh, singer songwriter from Philly. You know, you've seen her in some of the movies. Um, I, I guess she models too. I, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised because mm-hmm. Jill Scott's very pretty. So I agree. Uh, for the love of money, yeah, it's not the first time I heard it sampled, but obviously, <laughs> you know, it's a bone beat, and because it's slowed down, I just like how everybody uh, uh, raps in that one. I agree, man, and, and I could barely tell that that was Jill Scott. Like, I, if I hadn't yeah. read the name, I wouldn't have known that was her. I didn't either. I, I just assume it was just another singer. Um, right. But, um, but yeah, s- still really, really enjoyed it. Uh, my, my friend, when uh, that, I don't want to say that sold me on the album, but he's like, and uh, sampled the Bone song. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, like That's a, one of my favorite Bone song, hands down. Oh yeah, man. That that um, I'm trying to think of the the name of that uh, album. Was that creeping on the come up? Yes. Creepy? Oh gosh. Yes. Sorry. Yep. Creeping. Oh, what, what does that say about me as a fan? I couldn't even think of the title. <laughs> but uh, it's still one of my favorite albums, even though there's like seven tracks. <laughs> yep. Maybe nine. Um, but yeah, they were just in Portland earlier this year doing the entire East 99 um, um, performance. You know, the every I'm single jealous. track. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was it was the best thing ever. Um, and you know, I, I guess. I know I went over my top three concerts earlier. I don't put them up there just because it's like one of those givens. Yeah, it goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think I've seen them in concert like four times. And oh wow! I think the first time we see them in concert, we were up like up front too, and my friend got like a high five from Lazy. I looked over, I go, "I'm I'm the fan. Like, what are you doing? Put your hand up." <laughs> so I got a little jealous. <laughs> But um, yeah, that East 1999. I think I bought the tape three times, the CD probably four or five. Literally, I like I, I ran that to the ground. I yeah. love that CD. Yeah, Quite let me see. The, the tape I owned uh, once, and the CDs probably three times CDs, and, and yep. then and then the last time I got it uh, digital. So um, nice. Yeah, so I'm a huge supporter. I. I was so big, I uh, followed them into Mo-, Mo Thug Records, you know, where I was buying, like, yep. albums from other people, like, um... um I remember that. God, what, what is the one group? It, they're, they're my favorite guys, too. Uh, the Mo Thug album was slept on, by the way. It that was. was slept on. I think Volume 1, I believe. Mo Thug Family, that was a slept on album. Yeah, Thug Devotion, still one of my favorite songs of all yep. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> yep. like the the two tracks by Ken Dog, you know, who I wish yep. came out with an album. Um, oh, okay. Poetic okay. Hustlers. Poetic Hustlers. There we go. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. We go. That was a really nice album too. Um, I agree. Yeah, and I just—it's unfortunate because it was like an extension of Bone, so people weren't trying to hear it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, but the East 99 tour—they did all the songs in order except for Crossroads, and when they skipped that, I was like, "All right, okay, that's going to be the finale, obviously." And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was really nice. And Busy Bone came out wearing a Damian Lillard T-shirt and shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's how you get the home crowd. Right, right, right. Oh yeah. yeah. When he came out, we went wild. Um, I took a picture and I tweeted it at Damian Lillard, and he retweeted it. And then I had like 80 likes, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" (laughs) Came out of nowhere. I I was like, "Man, I I need to tweet at him uh, one of my episodes." (laughs) Right. Right. That's what's up. Yeah. That's cool. That was cool with the back of the liver. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Number 13, Satisfaction. Uh, again, Snoop Dogg, 
Marsha Ambrosius again, and King Mez. Um, this one I like. Let me see. Is it? It's not one of my songs, but uh, definitely an honorable right. mention. It's a good one. Um, you know, Snoop. Agree. Uh, number 14, Animals. This one's only Anderson Pac, and this one is one of my tracks that I, I think is a must-listen. Uh, must um, I agree. Uh, let's see, number 15, Medicine Man, Eminem. So this one's featuring Eminem, yeah. uh, Can- Candice Pillay again, and Anderson Pac. So same people. Uh, what do you think of this Eminem track? I, you know what? I like it a lot. And I'm not as big as a new Eminem fan as I am when he first came out, like the Slim Shady LP mm-hmm. and like the the Eminem show and all that. I think this Eminem right here, this was Slim Shady that was on this Medicine Man record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it took me back, like where he, the pitch of his voice, right, and the kind of like the aggression and the the controversial lyrics and stuff like that. <laughs> I think this was just throwback Eminem it was. right here. It was I, a throwback. One of my tracks. And uh, I think that's something that I told you when we were talking a little bit about this album, but it, it feels like a like a throwback hip hop album, you know. It, I agree. Yeah, not a whole lot of like 2015 influences like you hear now. Um, and right. I, I, I and I think that's because like Dre produced the entire album, so so yep. that's nice. Which yep. um, I forgot to mention this, but when you said that he sounded a little bit different, the man just turned 50 this year. Wow. 50 years Uncle old. Dre is Dre. 50. That's crazy. He is 50 now. I didn't look up Ice Cube. Actually, I, that, that's a quickie. I could do that real quick here. Um, you want to take a guess what, how old Ice Cube is right now? I'm going to say 40. I'm going to get mid 40s. 46. Oh, you, on the dot. 46. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Couldn't even tell. <laughs> Couldn't even tell. Wow. He still looks like he, uh, how he looked like on Friday. <laughs> right, right. Crazy. Okay. Um, and then the last track, definitely one of my must listens. This is my number five uh, must listen. T- talking to my diary. Um, Love it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Okay. Now this is a track that samples two different songs. Uh, it samples "Lord Have Mercy" uh, by Beanie Siegel, uh, mm. and also, oh man, it looks like a French song, "Dornier Domicile Connu," <laughs> performed by <laughs> Francois de Roubaix. Um, uh, I took French in high school, but I, I, I wasn't great. Um, but yeah, <laughs> talking to my diary, man. You know what's funny? When I downloaded this album, and I guess my previous... I had, I listen to podcasts all day long. Uh, it's been a long yeah. time since I've actually listened to music while I work. So having said that, I guess I forgot whatever settings you know was on. And so it's really weird. When I played the album, the intro played. The next song, Talking to My Diary. And I was like, oh man, that's... Oh. I was like, that, that's a hard track to start off the album with. And then, like, right. going back and looking at the track listing, I was like, whoa, it was the last song. So I was like, <laughs> well, that makes more sense because that's, like, per- right. I, I think that that might be the best song. Um, you know what? It might be, and I like, at the, I like what I like at the end is how he let the beat kind of play a little bit longer than usual. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a I like some type of horn solo at the end. Like it's just it's just crazy, and the beat plays for about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, and I just I just vibe out and listen to it. That's one of my favorite songs in the album, not the best song, as you said. Yeah, yeah, and and that's it, man. A really really solid album overall. And uh, I mentioned to you uh, via email that uh, we're gonna kind of I don't know if they're still around, but is the source still around? <laughs> it is. It's hanging on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
it may be bi months. I mean, it may be you know every two months now as opposed to monthly, but it's still around. Okay, so because this had like a throwback vibe, I wanted to do something throwback, and the only thing I remember was the uh, the the mics. You know that they would give a mic rating <laughs> in the source uh, magazines, and did did yep. they go to four or five? Do you remember? They went to five. They went to five. Okay. Uh, are you ready to give a mic rating? Absolutely. Okay. Um, first Compton album, I'm, I would give it four mics. Okay. Um, I'm, I think the production, as I mentioned, is just is just ridiculous. I can listen to it. I can listen to it one time and only listen to the beats, and then I can listen to it another time, listen to the lyrics, and then I can listen to it the third time to combine it all into one. Like it's just that type of project. Um, I guess some of the downsides I would say is I think Dre is trying a little too hard to rap modern, just a little bit. I think whoever was writing it for him was kind of writing it in the same cadence to how the popular flow is now to kind of speed it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, sometimes you can't really tell it's him. Uh, and some of the little known guests rappers are just okay. You know, they don't really have their own identity because I'm not, and again, I'm just not familiar with most of them. Um, but other than that, that, that kept it from being, you know, five mics. But I'd give it a solid four mics. I was impressed. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, and I was teetering on the halvesies. You know, I don't think it was four and a half, but I was thinking between three and a half to four. And, yep. you know, a lot of the reasons I, uh, that you mentioned, I definitely agree with you. Uh, the lesser known people didn't help me, but I still enjoyed them. Um, but it's right. definitely not a classic like Chronic in 2001. Those are like right. fives, you know. Um, Absolutely. Will any of these be a classic like Nothing But a G Thing or the next episode or Still Dre? I don't know. That's hard yeah, to say, you know. I don't know. Um, I think that's what it's missing. I think it's yes. missing that one undeniable, just timeless classic record like Still DRE. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's, yes. It's, I think it's missing that. And um, and I think because of that, um, you know, I I love the production, and I think the only reason for me that um, see why why I was kind of like teetering three and a half to four is because I I want a detox, and and what we right. got was something uh, like like a almost like a afterthought, like you know what I had a good time executive producing f for the movie, you know I need to make some songs inspired by the movie. Like that's mm. that's not what the fans wanted. Like I, you know, yep. Mr. Mr. Dre, I I, I love your <laughs> products and um, every song you produce. You know, with Mary J and all these other people. Like I I, I love them, but I, I I wanted something that we were teased with. You know, because like every few years he drops some kind of song that is supposedly yep. supposed to be for detox. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> he, he he just dropped a new track. Did you hear it? You know, so. Uh, yeah. So so that's it. But I'm I'm gonna stick with the four because it's still you know I haven't listened to an album that much in like in such a short span in a long time. So mm -hmm. I think it's still worth a listen. You know, go go out there and buy it. You know, support the artist. You know, don't pirate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So um. So I yeah. That's pretty solid. Uh, two four mics. Now, did your your co-host did did he like? Because I think you guys said you guys were kind of split, right? Yeah, I see. What I did was I sent him a text. I said, "Man, this Dre is amazing," and he sent me a text back with the emoji of the trash can, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so he 
he wasn't as big as a fan of it as I was, and I think I know some of his reasoning. I haven't got a chance to talk to him about it in depth, but I can imagine we'll probably go over that over the show. Okay. I think he has he probably has an issue with how Dre sounds when he's rapping and how this kind of caters to more of the older hip-hop generation, mm-hmm. I would say, because like you said, it's got that throwback feel. Right. And he's probably not here for that. Okay. But I have to get some specifics from him. But I only sent him the trash emoji. So oh, I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what. If uh, if if your guys' next episode is is about the Dre, you know, with your permission, I'll I'll link that to uh, this episode's show notes. That way, you know, listeners can can get that to you know more of you guys talking about this album since it'll, it'll all be related. So because uh, because you said every Wednesdays, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Every Wednesday, okay. episodes up. Cool. So so that's coming up. So um so everyone check the uh, the show notes for that. Um, so now, uh, because Straight Outta Compton is a, a rap biopic, um, mm-hmm. you know, I told you that we'll kind of go over some of the, the past uh, hip-hop slash rap movies. And now, w- what would you cons- consider, or what are the, what's the criteria for a movie to fall under that category, do you think? Sure. Uh, I think it's kind of tough. Um, I would say these type of movies are broken down into three categories, right? I think you've got hip-hop movies where hip-hop is the main aspect of the story. Uh, so, of course, you've got 8 Mile, Notorious, Straight Outta Compton, things like that. Um, and then you've got movies like, you've got what are called hood movies, which contain hip-hop actors and actresses, and they also they'll have a hip-hop soundtrack, but rap isn't a part of the story, like Belly or Boys in the Hood and things of that nature. And then, of course, you've got hip-hop documentaries, which are, you know, self-explanatory and mm-hmm. documentaries about hip-hop artists or concerts or stuff like that. So it's kind of, I would say it's broken down into those three categories, and sometimes those lines are blurred a little bit, so it's kind of hard to tell which one fits in where, mm-hmm. but that's the best way to decipher. Okay. You know, having said all that, I, I I like how you broke it up into that, too, because it was really hard to kind of come up with, like, one list, because you're like, well, is this, does this belong in this you know for this topic you know that kind of thing but maybe yep. um maybe we'll go over our list and then uh after we talk about the okay after we say the title maybe we'll mm-hmm. kind of uh, try to decide whether it's a hood movie a hip-hop movie or a cool. rap movie right nice. is, is that how you, no 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 you said hip-hop hood and in documentary. Documentary. Okay, documentaries, yep. I think, are self-explanatory. Like, we'll, we'll know, like, okay, documentary. But the other two, like, okay, now, is this, a, like, a hip-hop movie, or is this right. a, a a hood movie? Um, yep. Those actually might be kind of obvious, too. And and then maybe we'll just say, like, you know, worth a watch or not worth a watch. Absolutely. Or how about, you know, let's make it more fun, hip-hop or hip-not, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. I like that. Okay. So um, let's let's start with our list um, okay. first, and and then we'll just take turns just throwing one out, and if we happen to have a duplicate, just be like, okay, you know, I got that too. Sure. Okay. So um, so my list I felt were like hip hop movies. Um, okay. So uh, the the obvious Eight Mile. Uh, that's obviously hip hop. Um, that's a good movie too. Yeah. It's a real good movie. Who knew Eminem, you know, had the acting chops yeah. to pull that off, even though he was playing himself, so to speak. But um, it gave a look at 
the underground battle scene that a lot of people may or may not have been familiar with, and it was it was executed well. Yeah, and I enjoy the all, all the battles too. You know, even though they were written, um, <laughs> right? Uh, right. It, it was still kind of nice. And then we got you know the uh, that's when I first started to take notice of Anthony Mackie. So yeah, who, yeah. who, who was in a couple <laughs> of these movies? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Hustle and Flow. Yes, yeah, that's that's a ooh, that's close. That's like pretty in between, right? It is because it is a hip, well, you know what? I'm gonna say hip hop movie. It's not a biography, so to speak, right. obviously, but it is the the main story. The main aspect of the story is hip hop related. It's a guy trying to get into the industry, uh, coming from Memphis, Tennessee. I enjoyed that movie. Um, I, I like the show, the grind that it takes for somebody to get to where they want to be, and. You know, in the the raggedy room with the microphone that barely works. And, you know, I thought it was cool to show the hustle side of it. Yeah, yeah. And I like the the, the production, you know, how he went through just to get, like, his women to sing on the tracks. And, and, um, you know, one uh, one might argue that this is a biopic. It's like a, um, you know, Lucius Mm -hmm. Lion, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So it's basically a prequel, you know. (laughs) You got the the same, same people in the movie, so... Um, all right. The the next one I got, Notorious. Definitely hip hop. Yep. Um, a lot of people didn't. I enjoyed it. I thought the guy who played Big did a real good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people think it was a little watered down, uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought the movie was solid. I didn't learn anything new, to be honest, though. Right. Um, but then again, I was a big uh, Notorious B.I.G. fan, so I don't know if that's a fair assessment. But I like the movie. Now, wasn't there a thing where um, it was kind of speculated, like his relationship with Lil' Kim? Uh, was that, like, ever, like, um, because yeah. I know in the movie we were like, oh, okay, yeah, they they definitely had some relations there. But was, yeah. was that kind of, like, really known, or was it, like, a, like a speculative? No, I think that was known, and I think Lil' Kim didn't endorse the movie because her role was downplayed in it. Right. Uh, she felt that she played a bigger role in his life than that movie let on. Um, now, whether we were all supposed to know that, I'm not sure, but she certainly felt that way about it. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard because, you know, it, it. he was obviously married to Faith, and then you, you have mm-hmm. his son playing the little version of himself. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. much you want to put out and maybe destroy the family. I don't know. but um, <laughs> Right, I, I agree. I own it, so, you know, I, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, get Rich or Die Trying. That's a that's definitely a hip hop movie, and it's loosely based on Fifty Cent. So, uh, a sins in the rap game, he exaggerated a lot on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a pretty solid movie. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was really hard okay. to watch when he got gunned down too. Yeah, that was crazy. That that's still amazing to this day that he's even still here. To be honest with you, yeah, that's a crazy story. Uh, and it was really weird because like. Again, uh, Terrence Howard, you know, making his way in, into some of these movies, kind of like Anthony Mackie. Yep. <laughs> um, Again, yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Would you throw that into a hip hop? I would call that a yeah, that was definitely a hip hop movie. That's more of a documentary, kind of like a tour. It was yeah. like one of those show, um, one of those concert films. Right. You know what I mean? And that's a good movie too. Dave Chappelle, love Dave Chappelle, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, that, but that's a good movie. He had some of his favorite artists, and they did a blog party, and they chronicled that. 
That was pretty good. I would that that's closest to documentary, but hip hop nonetheless. Yeah. Um, how about house party? Would you throw that in there? They got some musical numbers. Absolutely, it's almost like it's so hip hop. Yeah. The, the main story may not be, but it's obviously uh, heavy hip hop culture throughout. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that may get in there by default because <laughs> you yeah. can't say that. Kind of, kind of a fringe, you know, um, yeah, hip-hop right. movie. Uh, Fear of a Black Hat. I haven't seen that. No? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it, it. it's just like, it's like the hip-hop version of um, Spinal Tap, you know, where... Oh, wow. Yeah, where you follow these guys who are supposed to be kind of like NWA. And um, I remember, uh, I forgot the actor's name, but he played um, MC Slammer. You know, it's supposed to be like MC mm. Hammer. <laughs> and there's this, this part he was like doing the dance. It's really funny. And um, they had a, there was a group on there that was like Salt and, Pep, Salt and Pepper, but I forgot what the name was. But it's, it's, I think it's worth a watch just um, because of, nice. it's a satire, you know, and um, okay. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fun watch. If you haven't seen it, I, I, I think it's definitely um, worth a watch. It's uh, pretty funny. Nice. I haven't checked it out. Uh, one of my favorite docs is uh, Jay-Z's uh, Fade to Black. Love it. Yeah. Love, love, love that documentary. Um, God, I wish I was at that show in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish just to be at Madison Square Garden for, for any event, to, to, to be honest with you. Cause Agreed. I, 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 yeah. just, I may never get that, uh, that opportunity, but at least you're on the right side of the country, you know. True. Yeah, man, I, I would love to. And, you know, I'm originally, I was born in New York, but, I, you know, I, we moved when I was like five, so obviously I didn't get a chance to to uh, see a lot of the sites, but I uh, mean, but when I, whenever I get a chance to go back, Madison Square Garden has to be top on the list to go visit. Yeah, I definitely want to check out New York sometime. Um, yeah, man, and that fade to black. My favorite part was when they showed the making of the black album and his first time hearing some of the beats, like from Timberland yes. and Pharrell. Yes, like um, and then dust uh, shirt off, dirt off your shoulder. Yeah, like the first time you heard that beat, like the look on his face, yes. uh, it was the same look that I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. He, he had that stank on it. He's like, ooh, you know, yeah. yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a great documentary. I um I almost it's been a while. Uh, I I own it too. I got it on DVD, but um I almost want to say didn't did Timbaland almost kind of downplay like like the beat too, like like it wasn't going to be that good. You know what? I think he played. I think there may have been a couple of beats he played before that. Okay. That he may have been like, "Eh, here's a few. I got a couple." Yeah, right, and then right. he was like, and Jay was like, "I need that bounce, man. I need the bounce." And right, right, right. That. Oh man, <laughs> I think I need to go back and watch that soon. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I okay. need to too. I said, "Yeah, I love that." Um. Okay. Here's another doc. Uh, the first beef. Oh yeah, that, that's crazy. That kicked off a whole. Well, they'd make like four, so, five uh, of those. At least four, <laughs> I think. At least four, but yeah. I, to be honest, I only watched the first one because I, I know how they yeah, get with good. documentaries. Because it's like, all right, we we need we need more stuff, and, and then you end up finding a bunch of stuff they already played in the first one. You know that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, first one is the is the is the one that kicked it off, and the most interesting. The other ones were a lot of. C-lists artists beefing that nobody really cared about. <laughs> yeah. The first one was good. I guess that would be considered a documentary. Yeah. If it had to go in one of these kind categories. Of. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now this one, it, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I wrote Juice. 
because I remember mm. uh, Omar Epps' character was like trying to be a DJ and stuff. So True. is that is that kind of like borderline hip hop? Well, no, I, it's kind of a tough one, right? I would say it, hood movie it, or hip hop. I'm gonna say that's a hood movie, but it's close. It's probably sixty forty. Okay. Because not only was Tupac in it, but yeah, Omar Epps was character was trying to be a DJ, and there was obvious hip hop culture in it. But you know, the main story was just kind of the group of friends. So it, it's sixty forty, maybe seventy thirty. Okay. Hood movie, but it's close. Okay. Uh, how about CB4? <laughs> <laughs> Another satire one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's because of the satire aspect. I guess we'll say it's a hood movie, but I mean, well, yeah, I, I will say hip hop. That's fifty fifty. That's close. Okay, a funny movie though. Okay, how about Crush Groove? Oh, that's definitely hip hop. Yeah, um, all day. That would you think? That's of... like a little before my time. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, but. I know enough about it to know that's a hip hop film. Yeah, yeah. Def Jam, you know, you, you get to see uh, Russell yep. Simmons. Now, what do you think of Blair Underwood playing him? Um, it's been so long. I I think I saw that one time a long time ago. I can't even recall, but that's just to think that Blair Underwood was playing Russell Simmons is hilarious though. Yeah, because I remember one scene specifically. It's like I think they go to the bank to ask for a loan, you know, to mm. start this company and like they're trying to convince this guy to give him money and then um you know he's like you know what are you guys trying to do and you know he's talking about rap and then he throws out a couple of lines and it, it was kind of a little cringeworthy you know i was just like <laughs> i don't know if this was the right guy for the role <laughs> but, right um, right maybe they need to redo that and update it with there you go oh uh, yeah maybe anthony mackie <laughs> well, can play uh russell simmons <laughs> <laughs> yeah tear tower could be his brother um the reverend <laughs> reverend run okay <laughs> And the last one I got is uh, Tupac Resurrection. I'm so glad you say the best for last. Yeah. That is my favorite hip-hop documentary. Not only am I a huge Pac fan, mm -hmm. but I think this movie, you know, it, it, I think it crosses over well. I think I can show this to my mom, mm -hmm. who has no idea about hip-hop, and she'll have a better understanding of why people like and see Pac the way they do. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. And the, and the fact that they edited his voice to narrate it, yeah. I, I thought that was genius. I, I, I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I could watch it a hundred more without well, question. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced the man's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mean, you never know, man. He might be in Aruba somewhere. Yeah. I know. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I once asked a, a friend, I was like, oh, well, what do you think of Biggie? He's like, oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody just dismisses Biggie like, yeah, nah, it's over with him. But Pac, he's alive though. Yeah, so <laughs> that one I really like. That was actually, I think, the first. I want to say that's the first um, like musical documentary I ever watched in the theater. Might might have been the only, to be honest, just because you know East, yeah. you know, I mean, West Coast, it's and it's Pac, you know. Yep. So I saw it in the theater also, man. I I, I, I love 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 that. I recommend it if you have if anyone listening has to see. I highly recommend it. Yeah, that one and Fade to Black. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, Jay Z, man, he's a genius. Like even when he was writing, he was doing the rhymes, but he wasn't writing. He was just kind of bobbing his head, thinking like, "Okay, I'm ready." Mm -hmm. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, did you like the Up in Smoke tour uh, documentary? You know what? I have not seen that. 
and I've had the opportunity to watch it, and I don't know why I never saw that Snoop exhibit. Uh, Dub C, um, uh, Dub C was in there, and probably Mac Ten. I'm sure all like the West Coast, um, you know, what was that one group? They Pioneers. Had? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I Snoop Dogg came out like on one of those lowrider bikes, and I, man, I almost want to say Bow Wow was in it too. <laughs> oh wow! I think so. Yeah, Bow Wow. Yeah, right. Really, really young. Um, I want to say, but I'm not positive. Um, may, maybe even an appearance by Jermaine Dupri. I'm not sure, but mm. uh, I, I do remember enjoying watching it. You know, up in smoke tour. Okay, so, um, that's definitely I need to check it out. yeah worth a check out there. Okay, so that's the extent of my list. Did you have anything I didn't list? Um, probably no. You you hit it on hit the head on the uh, I mean nail on the head. Okay. Um, I would say Jay Z's backstage documentary. I I, um, I know I, I've heard I've seen that title. It, it it actually might be on Netflix too. Is that does that one feature Dame Dash a little bit more? It does, okay. and it and it chronicles the uh, Hard Knock Life tour of nineteen ninety nine, which is a ah, classic tour. Yes. Um, him DMX met the man Redman. I highly recommend that. Oh right, right, right. Maybe, um, you know, maybe I have seen it then because I I remember seeing a documentary with them in it. But that's just one of the uh, the the thing though. I I watch documentaries on on the artists I like. You know, so maybe it's just one that yeah. you know I've seen them in. But, but yeah. yeah, Method Meth man. Uh, him and and uh, Inspector Deck are probably my two favorite uh, Wu Tang members. Um, nice. Triumph is still my favorite <laughs> like Wu Tang song of all time. Crazy beat, crazy yeah. video too. Oh God, yeah, the beat, man. Uh, I remember freestyling <laughs> those back in the high school days. Matter of fact, I think it was eighth grade. Um, all right, so okay, uh, let's go through uh, just briefly, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, some of the other movies, and now this one, uh, these movies, there, I, I think they're a little bit more like on the nose. Just you know, for, if you've seen them, it's pretty obvious. But uh, what mm. do you think about He Got Game? First of all, it's a great movie. Um, powered by like a hip hop soundtrack. I know there was a lot of public enemy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, a Spike Lee joint. That's it, it's that's a that's just a really good that's a good movie. That's what we're gonna call it. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> it doesn't fall into either one of those. That's a good movie. Okay, <laughs> how about Friday? Uh, another movie movie I reviewed on the show here. Um, got nice. got some rappers, Bernie Mac, obviously. Uh, even even I think co-written with DJ Pooh, who plays Red. Yep, yep. That's a that's a classic hood movie. Okay. Um, it's obviously since it's it's so hard when a movie stars a hip hop personality, you want to almost tie it in with that. Mm-hmm. But and of course, I think Dre, you know, produced it or whatnot. But and of course, the soundtrack was crazy. Yes. Um, but that is a, that would qualify as a hood movie. That's an obvious classic. Okay, a couple more hood movies here. Um, Boys in the Hood. That's pretty obviously in Men- oh, yeah. Menace to Society. Yes, yes. That's the that's the big debate. Which one is better? I pref- I personally prefer Menace a hair over Boys in the Hood. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's a tough one. Um, let's get into that. Actually, Boys in the Hood was nominated for Best Picture, wasn't it? I believe so. It got it was critically acclaimed. Oh, actually, both were at the time. Right. Um, those were man. Those were good movies. I mean, they captured what was going on at that time so yes. well, and it kind of opened up a lot of eyes to people that may have not been privy to that. I think at that age, I almost want to say Boys in the Hood scared me a little bit more. You know, from from mm-hmm. that. 
I don't know, man. That's a tough one because that opening scene in Menace to Society in the uh in the convenience store. That, yeah, that yeah. in itself. But I think it's just that scene. But if you like throughout Boys in the Hood, I mean, you got. I think Boys in the Hood might have been a little bit more scarier, uh, you know, as far as like, oh, that's what gang life is is like. Right. You know, because right. I think Menace to Society was more about about Kane, right? You know, uh, about it him was. and uh, Jada Pinkett, whatever her name was in the, in the movie, <laughs> you know, and then the, her little boy. So I think, you know, maybe it was a little bit more about that and, and Kane kind of um, maybe trying to grow out of the hood life. Right. Yeah, I agree. Bit. And, uh, and it's, it just kind of shows how how the people you hang around um, can kind of determine what happens to you in the long run. So you've got friends that are kind of a little bit missing a few screws, so to speak, like old right. dog. Yes, but, <laughs> but <laughs> more than a both, few, <laughs> man. Both right now, this one um, I'm a little embarrassed. That I haven't seen, but my sister loves it. But Brown Sugar. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, that's like a that's. That's got a lot of hip hop in it. It's kind of like a chick flick, yeah. so to speak. Okay, but it's it's heavily influenced with hip hop, and it kind of pokes fun at the current state of hip hop at that time mm-hmm. when they, because uh, I believe they worked at a record label and they were torn between: do I put out this gimmick that will sell records, or do I pull out? I mean, do I put out you know something that's more organic and more true to the culture? So it was. It was relevant to what's going on then, and actually, you can still say it's going on now, so that's a good movie, though. Okay. And uh, the last couple, I'm going to pair these two together because they're n- not close to being the same movie, but you'll, you'll see why. But Romeo Must Die and Never Die Alone, mm-hmm. both with DMX. <sighs> not quite First of all, not, Never Die Alone. Yeah, I don't think either are really hood movies. But uh, yeah, you, you, you kind of at least Romeo must die. You got the the clash of like the uh, you know Jet Li, and, and then you got the kind of the hip hop culture a little bit, you know, with Aaliyah in there and stuff. Yeah, I agree, and that was a good. I, I like that movie. Um, and the Never Die Alone was an adaptation of the Donald Goins book. Oh, um, of the same of the same name, and I love that movie. I've watched it a hundred times. I thought DMX was a pretty good actor. I thought he had a career on his hands. I don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. um, I thought he had something going with that. And that's a really good movie. It's it's a little sh- too short. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's over, it's like an hour, maybe 20 minutes. Like it's really oh, wow. short, but it's a good movie. That's a good book too. You know which uh, DMX movie I liked was uh, Exit Wounds. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that with Steven Seagal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good solid movie. soundtrack. He had a nice run. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah, I. He um, had a nice run. I th- I think I think Exit Wounds was a little underrated, and I actually I think I like that more than Romeo Must Die. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Exit Wounds also had Drag On in it from the Rough Riders. Yes. Oh and, man. Uh, Down bottom. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. And that song was huge down south. Yes. And that was a big song down in Tennessee. Now, uh, which version did you like? The one with Young One or with Juvie? You know what? I, I, I like the one with Juvie, but I think the version with Young One was slept on. Yeah. Um, That's, I think I, it was slept on. It didn't get enough credit. I think that was the, the video version, I think, had Young One. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. I, the album version had Juvie. I, I don't know why they didn't, they didn't just like cut Juvie and throw throw it in. You know, like, what, just put them all in one track, Yeah, that right? could have been an easy edit. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could do that on Audacity. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Dra- drag oh, on, that man. Was a, 
he I, th- I think he should have been bigger than than what he was you know like dmx's protege like i don't know what happened uh one of my favorite tracks i think was from romeo must die and it's the one where he samples the uh the temptations um uh, papa was mm. rolling stone i i don't oh, nice. do you remember which one i'm talking about I don't, it's been a long time since I had that as well, but I did have that soundtrack when it drops. Yeah. And I haven't heard that in a long time. I think it's in, in, in one of my CD cases. I, I still got it. <laughs> nice, um, nice. But that, uh, oh, that song, I, I wish I remembered the title by Dragon, but um, it's a really good song. Um, but man, just Dragon, mm. he, he had that, that style, you know. It, it was just it was just something different and refreshing. You know? just, I, I just wish he could have been more. Um, I think, what, he just put out, was it just one album? Uh, yeah, I think he ended up putting the second one out after everything fell apart at Rough Riders. But mm. his first album was criminally slept on. I'm, like, yeah, man, that's a dope album. I'm still waiting on a on a new album from EVE. <laughs> yeah, I think she. Uh, I think she's married like a billionaire. I think she's pretty much <laughs> done. <laughs> she's out the game. Yeah. Oh man, that's too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, she was nice. Okay, well, yeah, that that wraps it up for for all those movies. Um, why, why don't you tell the listeners again, like, uh, you know, uh, the show where to get it and uh, where they can find you uh, on on the social media? Absolutely, man. Again, uh, it's the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On Deck TV Podcast. Um, I am on Twitter as well, Animal underscore Brown. Don't forget my co-host. I am Spike Lou. Uh, new episodes every Wednesday usually come up around uh, 8 or 9 o'clock Eastern. They're usually posted on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, and, of course, our website, OnDayTVNetwork.com. We've got a couple of other shows. Uh, we've got an, a sports podcast called Full Sport Press, and we have something for the ladies, too, uh, called The Ladies' Room. So mm. you guys check that out, man, when you got some spare time. I'm all about podcasts now. Oh, I, nice. I listen to music every once in a while, but I'm – Man, at work or on the way to work, I'm listening to podcasts. <laughs> that, that's how I am too. I I get about I get about anywhere from six to seven hours of uh, podcast listening throughout the day because I'm a mailman, so I'm I'm a, I'm out on the mm-hmm. street most of the time. So that's when I listen to all that stuff. Um, nice. So yeah, I, I definitely got a lot of catching up to you for, uh, on your show here. Um, but yeah, for, for those that do download my show, I don't know if anyone's ever checked out the show notes, but anytime I do have a guest on there, you know, I definitely, uh, link their shows. And basically if you click on their name, it'll, it'll usually go to the Twitter and if you click on their show, it'll mm-hmm. probably take them, take you to the, uh, to the iTunes link. So check the show nice. notes. I'll have it on there. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that again. No, Chris, I thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, you know, I hope listeners can, can check out, uh, more of your show too, but, uh, just this talk, man, it's making me more of a fan. I, I want to go back and listen to some old tracks and watch some old documentaries again. So, um, <laughs> me too, man. yeah, I, you know, I, I again, I want to send the invite. Uh, I'd love to have you come back, you know, uh, maybe for the straight out of Compton review. And even if not that, man, we can do uh, like one of the movies we've even discussed today. Cause there's just a wide range of movies that I, I think you can shed some light on, you know, from, um, you know, doing what you do on your show. Absolutely, man. I'd be glad to, man, to say the word. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, you know, Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Again, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HLF Podcast. Uh, find us on Facebook. Please give us a like. Let us know that you're out there listening. 
um, and iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can find a lot of our shows on the followingfilms.com network. We have other shows uh, like the True Bromance Film Review Podcast, uh, War Machine vs. War Horse, and Pop Culture Case Study and Following Films Pod. So, um, and until the next episode. The next episode. Hold up. It's the one and only Digo Double G. Snoop Dogg. You know what happened with the D-R-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the West Coast is back for all you suckers. Burning it up, DPGC, you should be turning it up. CPT, LBC, yeah, we hooking back up. And when they bang this in the club, baby, you got to get up. Cuz homies, thugs, homies, yeah, they giving it up. Low lot, yo lot, boy, we living it up. Taking chances while we dancing in the party for show. Slip my girl up when she crept in the back door. Chickens looking at me strange, but you know I don't care. Step up in this mother, just a swank in my head. Trick, quit talking, quick walk, get you down with the set. Take a Put some grip and take this on the jet. Out of town, put it down for the father of rap. And if you happen to get cracked, trick, shut your trap. Come back, get back, that's the part of success. If you believe in the S, you'll be relieving your stress.